Street Fighters, welcome to the Call-In Show. Hope you're doing well. Tonight is a very special episode of the Call-In Show. We're doing the ABCD show. That's anyone but cis dudes can call in. And just off the top, this will be a new change in the Call-In Show format. Uh, We're going to start asking pronouns on every call, just so that it's not something we do on this show, so that everybody gets treated the same. And we want ABCD people to call in during the regular shows. So that streamlines the process and was a easy solution to a non-existent problem. So we are here tonight taking your calls. If you're ABCD identifying 614-655-3887, we wanna hear from you. Uh, tell us about work, tell us about things going on in your life, tell us about ways to steal. Whatever works for you, we wanna know. We are the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation and we're here Uh, because the people want us to be because folks like you keep showing up every single week and subscribing to the show and giving us money on patreon and buying t-shirts we raised a few hundred dollars for texas mutual aid with the dnd stream on thursday we have our next dnd stream happening on march 25th and if you want the audio of that, you can get that on patreon.com slash streetfightradio. At any level, um, we'll have the D&D stream audio. Otherwise, you can watch it for free on twitch.tv slash streetfightradio uh, and YouTube. My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quimby, and we're taking calls. How's it going? Good. Good. I'm doing okay. Just had a cliff bar. Just oh, those are great. A little cliff bar before the show. The original. Get the uh, get the juices flowing. Get the shakes out of me. I was a little shaky, weird. Yeah, you know, clip bar, great thing to keep in a cargo pants pocket. I know. I just know. wash it in the, in there. It'll be fine. <laughs> just always have one in there as an emergency. I had it in my purse. I had okay. a clip bar in my purse. That's also a pop- it out. popular place too. Jammed it down the throat there while you were doing the intro. Feeling good now. Love it. Was this is not sponsored by Cliff. Yeah, I was like, uh, I had. Dinner tonight was pasta, but I bought Ariabata sauce, ah, which is the spicy yes. sauce. And, uh, you know, hard to get through a big bowl of pasta with Ariabata <laughs> sauce. Really? You know, took you down? Before I got over here, that, um, you know, I like to lay down for an hour, half hour before we do the call-in show. Just in a silent place. No noise, no nothing. And that is like a pretty easy thing to ask for in my house, you know, pretty easy. And uh, I do it every time. But tonight, I went up in my bedroom to do it. I didn't want to bother my family and be like, hey, shut up. Sh- talk quietly, please. Thank you. I did fuck up earlier today, so I didn't want to right. fuck up a second time. Tail between your you legs know? still. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'll explain that in a second. I went up in my bedroom, lay down, and I started sweating just just the the kind of sweating where you're like, I think I'm sick. I think something's fucked up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, uh, then I just cooled down like immediately. Now I'm freezing cold, but and I, I can still feel the remnants of the sweat around the bottom of my where my hair is and and stuff like that and my hat. But uh, maybe on the 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 pasta sauce jar they should put a warning label that says uh prepare to take a shower after consumption i probably should have taken a shower i mean i was out all day it's 60 degrees i took a long walk today and got home and i was tired i'm building my endurance back up because my endurance goes way down after the winter because i just get 
you know, and you get halfway yeah. through what I would consider a regular walk, and I'm like, oh, I'm tired. So, like, I went long today, so I did feel tired anyway. Yeah, I I can't wait to get to Spicy Sauce Life. I I'm like, I just grimace at my wife and just put red pepper flakes all over the pasta. I'm like, I cannot wait till this kid goes to college. Yeah. <laughs> and we can make jerk stuff, and we can make, you know, hot food again. All right, you got about six years or so. I okay. Mean, you're set. I mean, you could do anything you want once they're 14. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's true. Fucked up earlier today, though. Heading out the door. Look at my wife, who just finished doing the dishes. Uh, lots of dishes, too. Two days worth of dishes. And, Hand washed uh, them. Yeah, we don't have a dishwasher. I'm on my way out the door, and I look at her. and I go, hey, I forgot to do it, but my cargo pants next to my dresser, I need those washed. And uh, she was like, yeah, I'm just a domestic bitch. That's fine. <laughs> and I was like, uh, well, I did not mean it that way. You know what I mean? I was just like, hey, if you were going to do the laundry, I was just saying, go over there and grab the." But I said it in such a way that sounded like, wash my pants while I'm gone all day. Not doing anything around the house. I mean, we're cool now. I just felt like an asshole being like, you know, hey. Go grab my pants and walk because I don't wash them every time I wear them because I wear them every day. Right. So it's like wear them like five or six times and then it's time to wash them. They get like salt and shit all over them or, or flour or uh, aria bata sauce or mm -hmm. stuff like that. So so yeah, I, I fucked up. Uh, haven't been working much around the house lately. Been very bad. I, I I even like was explaining myself to her and I was like, hey, let me just show you something. I showed her my phone where the messages icon is and it said uh it's currently at 131 unread messages damn on text uh-huh and i was like that is where i'm at right now i'm at 131 unread text messages that's the mood on i mean they're not like important texts you know i just don't check like when my prescriptions come in or yeah. like uh, uh, John setting up a podcast and we finished setting it up and he said, okay, cool. And I just didn't click on it. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I'm uh, kind of nervous because last week we were talking about using the project management software and you said, oh, I don't check that. You, text is the only thing that I check. I That's do, the one thing I check 100% of the time. It never, I just never don't fails. click the text if it's two words. You know what I mean? If it's just like, oh, cool. All right, well, I don't need to click that one. I just scroll past it. But uh, I do check my text from you, especially. Okay. I check my Brett Payne texts. Your your bubble is still completely empty. My Brett Payne, my Katie, my uh, Glenn, those are all, and John, mostly, are all checked. You know? Mm -hmm. Okay. I wouldn't do that. Uh, no, I wouldn't have noticed that. I would have noticed that. Yeah, I check them all. And I'm not good at answering text messages either. And I leave... I leave my red receipts on for everybody. It's just like, hey, you know? Yeah, I saw that. Now you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now you know I looked at it. That's fine. Hold me accountable for it. I'm not like some guy that doesn't want you to know when I read something. I'll fucking might not answer you right away. I might, you know, look at it and then be like, okay, I'm going to answer that later. Or never. Really. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Rough day, man. I just, I don't know what I did today. I'm just crazy just crazy today yeah i mean it doesn't sound different than most days i guess abcd shows are nerve-wracking for me 
I got to say. I just that? never think anybody's going to call. And I don't like flushing people. Makes me feel bad. Makes me feel bad to say, wait seven days. Uh, always makes me feel bad when a dude calls, when a cis dude calls in. But, um, you know, usually about halfway through it, I'm like, ah, this is fun. You know, it, it's a little privileged place for me, too, where it's like I'm the only, I'm, there's only two cis dudes on the show. And yeah, me and Brett. So uh, that's something. Yeah. You know, I'm like in a place of privilege right now. It's true. And we still get to steamroll the shit out of them. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do have the microphones. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part about doing the show. Yep, doing podcasts, being the ones that have the microphones. Um, I miss my guy this week, though. My, uh, I'm going to miss my Google God guy. Oh, yeah, week. Echo 65. Yeah, going to miss him. But, you know. Come back with a better. See him next week. He'll have another crazy idea. And uh, we will listen to it. Yeah, we're here know? for it. Um. This yesterday, I didn't do anything today. I watched NASCAR all day, um, which wasn't bad. Uh, but NASCAR is also becoming this thing where I do the same thing, like you said. I'm like, if I lay down sideways, I'll just go right to bed. And like on the Sunday show, when it's like six or seven o'clock, I'm just want it to be one hour later. And by it's just like, please, can we just do the show now? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, sitting here with this this axe swinging above my head all day long, I just want to do it, and then I just let close my eyes for an hour. Yeah, I came so close to winning the fucking money today too. Oh, I picked the leader and I picked the winner, Byron, whatever. But yesterday uh, we went to the Columbus Zoo. Oh, for, yep, for yep my, that launched me into some shit. I'll tell you what. Woo, buddy. <laughs> for my daughter's birthday, we went to the Columbus Zoo. Um, Columbus Zoo is doing nothing at all against coronavirus precautions, and nobody works there. It's like a public fucking park. We saw one employee the entire time we were there, uh, and no suggestion that, like, the traffic should stay away from each other. I like how they still, like, like uh, uh, scan the tickets and hand them back to you. It's just like little simple things they can do. Yeah, like just trust that. Just I'm not counterfeiting tickets, sir. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're trying to, you know, verify that this is a real ticket. Trust me, I wouldn't counterfeit a zoo ticket. I don't want to be at the zoo ever. But you know, yeah, it was kind of out of character when we pulled up. I was like, oh my god, why did I agree to do this? But when we decided to do it, it was twenty degrees. It was seven degrees out, and there was snow everywhere. And I was hoping that it would be absolutely miserable, and we could just put on on our best winter gear and go walk around. But it turned into like the most amazing, beautiful day, and uh, tons of fucking people there. Uh, the biggest crowds I've been in in a fucking year. Didn't even know how to talk for the first hour I was there. Yeah, you were you were shut up. Yeah. I just got there and I was like, all of our friends were there and I haven't been around all of them at the same time in a long time. It's like, there's that feeling of like, uh, what am I even going to talk about? What have I been doing? Nothing, really. Yeah. Just the show, you know? Yeah, our friend Adam that works in healthcare was saying to me that uh, everybody got vaccinated at his place, so they're in the office, and he said he just stood there completely silent for like 45 minutes until like a director was like, you're usually a pretty gregarious guy, man. What's what's going on? He's like, oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't even realize. I've just been like stunned right now. <laughs> when I got there, I flipped. I just went fucking nuts when I got to the zoo. As I was walking up, I was like, ah, this isn't safe. Actually, they're not being safe. It's outside. We didn't go to any of the indoor stuff there. 
We came close, but we, we didn't. We came very close until, you know, we said, hey, you know, you're not just making that decision for yourself there. You know? Right, right. Making that decision for every single one of us. And yes, three of our friends are vaccinated. And yes, it was hard for me not to be pissed off at them for that. But it's the same thing with my mom. Every person that has a vaccine, you call into the show and tell me you have a vaccine, I'm going to be pissed off at you because I want it. Yeah, you know what I mean? For sure. I'm trying to get that Johnson & Johnson now. Just if it doesn't work as good, just give it to me. You know, make me. You'll take the bootleg one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had an N95 mask on. I was safe, but most of the people there weren't safe. And they, it's funny because you have to put something over the loudspeakers at every place now that says how safe you are being. Right? It's like. Oh, you know, we're fucking going nuts on this safety here. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. everything's cleaned up. We're day yeah, stay six feet away from each other. You know what I mean? It's like we get we got all this and that and this. And it's like, no, you don't. You don't have any of that stuff. None of that's going on here at all. Yeah, there's there was no precautions. There was uh, there was I didn't even see like there was no arrows on the ground. There was no markers. There was no. um there was no etiquette of like, hey, how about you let this family gawk at this fucking cat for four minutes, and then when they move, your group moves up. It was just a complete cluster. That's where I'm lucky is I don't care to look at animals. You know what I mean? The whole time we were there, I was like, they were like, let's look at the wolves, and I'm like, those are just dogs. I see dogs all the time. Yeah, I walk around, I see dogs. You know? Oh, I'll check out the polar bear. Oh, he's white. I, I that was the big surprising thing, right? As I always, every time I've ever seen a polar bear, I'm like, no, not as white as I thought it was going to be. Just not impressive to me. Always blonde. That one was sweet. That looked like the National Geographic one. It's very white. They probably dye its hair, though. It's the zoo. You know what I mean? But also, you're seeing them in the summer mostly, and this is like their time to shine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to, I really like, want to see them feed some of these, like, carnivores. You know, I really want to see him throw a stake to those wolves. Yes. That's the kind of shit I want to watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was a feeding night or something. They called it feeding frenzy and you could pay extra money and leave the kids at home and get like some sort of like gorilla IPA that made by Columbus Brewing Company or something. <clears throat> and I could just bring my own steaks to throw at them. <laughs> bring your own bait. That's yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. I just throw a steak over and it's like, look at that thing go. Look at that bear. He's excited. Wow. Can you believe it? Throw them a fish. Hey, there's a fish. Yeah, see if they can catch it. Watch them flopping around, try to catch it. Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. Or if you could somehow get the animals all to jack off or shit while I'm there. Okay. That would be another thing. Those are the two things. That's why Brett's wife was like, what are you excited to see? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe if we see an animal shit or jack off. One of the two, that'll be fucking really cool. But mostly, I just don't care, you know. If I and and even then, when it's like seeing like a, a fucking adult a, a wolf shit isn't impressive to me. But if I saw the elephant take a shit, I'd be like, this is something, you know. Yeah, this is something. Yeah, there's a video of a guy's head going up elephant's ass, and that's yeah. that's pretty. Da- I can watch that gif over and over again. That's something, you know. There's a we- lot of things that I would love to see animals do. They just don't do that at the zoo. They they even clean up all the turds like right away. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like I fucking go to the elephant cage, and there's, they just don't leave an elephant turd there. I was like, what are people even here for? That's what we're here to see. How big's that elephant turd? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. 
that we saw a big ass grizzly bear, which was amazing. Yeah, would love to have seen one of his it turns. Was fucking gigantic. Yeah, it it blew me away. All the adults were like, "Holy shit!" Because it was right up against the glass. Yeah. Um. Overall, though, zoos got to go. Man, those fucking animals look so miserable. Yep. I saw them dogs. My if I had a dog, it would have a bigger cage than five a whole fucking den of wolves. Man. I know. They, somebody looked at me that we were there with, and they had these reindeers, and they're like, "Those things can run fifty miles an hour." I was like, "Not in that pen, they can't." Yeah, in a <laughs> they circle, can't get up to ten miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, those reindeers were really chill, though. I remember the reindeers. I remember forever is when we went to the library for Christmas a few years back. And they, they let kids pet the reindeers, and they just shove a bunch of pills in those fucking things' mouths or in their cheese treats or whatever. And this reindeer's eyes were just sticking out of its fucking head. It was blood red, and it was just like, it was just so out of its out of its mind. It was just like in outer space, totally fucking galactic. I do know that right now, though, I'm in this like glow. It, it's this anxious glow, like I just had unprotected sex after going to that thing. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm really in that moment where it's like every day that goes by now, I'm like, sh- I shouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, uh, am I gonna get? Th- is this gonna be the thing that gets it? Gives it to me? Yeah. I mean, I'm a I'm a betting man. I think I think of it in terms of dice rolls. You know, it's a dice roll, and yes, you can get jackpot the first time. Uh, but I mean, just if you stop rolling the dice, you know, it, it lowers the, the chance. Well, and also like, I didn't take the mask off at all while I was there. Most everybody was wearing a mask. That was one of the other big things because at the grocery store, everybody's wearing a mask. Right. You, you cannot go in there without a mask. You get out to the suburbs. Maybe that's different. Yeah. You know? And I only saw a few people without masks and I noticed that like when I see somebody without a mask now, I'm like, you you're awful. I just yeah. know your attitude is awful. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just you got an awful attitude if you're not wearing a mask. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I guess if there's a health reason, but I saw a whole family without them. Yeah. I was like, you, the whole family doesn't have a health reason. You yeah. Know? I was not watching NASCAR today. The same thing was happening. They, were, they had everybody spread apart, but then there was just whole families not masked. And it's it's just, why can't, why can't you cooperate? Why? Yeah. What is... What is so special about you that yeah. besides that you're just a gigantic asshole? And again, like I read all the research and stuff. So I do feel like, you know, we were outside. We never went inside. Under It was two hours. It was under two. It was two hours. We were all masked up, heavy masked up. I was heavy masked up. So I'm kind of, I feel good about it. It yeah. just, like I said, I felt good about Every time I had unprotected sex when I was younger, too. I was like, oh, I feel pretty good about this. I mean, she, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but then it's like, sometimes Seems- you're like, I'm going to have AIDS. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Right. I, I feel like I have, I feel nauseous today. This could be the disease that gets me. Right. You know what I mean? Right. right. I would have all these panic attacks about stuff. Like, or oh, I think I'm going to have a kid. I'm 16. Right. Life's right. over. You know what I mean? Time to get a job, Bry guy. And that's the way I've been like, that's that's the way I've felt for the past 24 hours. Just kind of on edge about my decision making. But again, you know, I got some really good cake pops out of the deal. So I'm not going to complain. Yeah, that made it easy. Yeah, those cake pops were fucking bonkers good. And you get you, I put them in there in my mask like a feed bag. You know what I mean? I just shoved them up in my mask and then I'm up there just. <laughs> I should have put three of them in my. My yeah. wife fucking snitched this out because you guys were trying to get rid of cake pops. 
So me and my daughter were just going up there and taking four at a time and putting them in her bag. She was like, we took a lot of cake pops. And we were like, we were fucking doing that. We didn't want everybody to know. Yeah. We were taking a lot of cake pops because not because we thought we were going to get in trouble because I don't want people to know how many cake pops I'm eating. <laughs> sure, sure. You didn't want to <laughs> publicly announce how much everyone's taking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need you to hear how many cake pops I've had. Yeah. The one thing my mom is good at and the one thing I really appreciate about her is on your birthday, she will make you any sweet you want and it's good. She's not a bad baker. She's an excellent fucking baker. Yeah, she's good. And Charlotte loves cake pops, and she has mastered cake pops at this point. Those those white ones tasted like fucking zebra cakes. They were so good. So fucking good. She made the real and shit. And in true, true grandma style, made 60 of them for like a group of 19 people. <laughs> made 60 cake pops. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, it was great. Uh, let's get some, let's get some, uh, not guys or some gals and non-binary pals on here. Yes. Yes. See what they got to say. Uh, oh, this first one is, uh, somebody we know, uh, Bloodberry Tart. Oh, dip. Uh, where they, where's I like, I like Bloodberry Tart. Oh, wait, wrong one. (laughs) They're calling in later. (laughs) I'm sorry. I biffed. That's a flub. That's a huge flub. That's a huge flub on my part. Uh, this next one is from Punks Around. That's who it is. I'm sorry. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? And what are your pronouns? This is Evan, and we're working with they, them. All right. What's Thanks up, Evan? Yeah. How's it going? Hey, guys. Um, before I get into anything, I just want to offer up my services hanging up on Sisters for you. Uh, okay. I feel like that would be a really good job for me. You know, we can I, put I, you in charge of the call program maybe during these. They are acting they're Great. trying they're trying to help, I think. That's the thing with I, it. They're just aloof. Yeah, they don't really know what's going on and they just want to help us put the show on. You know what I mean? That's why I feel bad. But I am also I wish I could find somebody to be we'll get a sound clip of you when a sis dude calls <laughs> in that says nope and hang up, you know? That that can be the the Perfect. move. You can be a part of it. All right, that sounds good to me. If I get some cliff bars out of it, man, I'm all set. Yeah, we can send you some cliff bars. Uh, of of course, you know they're expensive. The cliff bars. I bought a six pack of cliff bars for fourteen dollars. No, you didn't. Ouch. Are those Did double sizes? Make you sweat when I said that. Maybe it was nine dollars. I said I thought they were two bucks. No. When you buy the six packs of them, you look at the price and you're like, you're out of your mind. For It was maybe six or eight of them and it was 14 bucks. And I bought it and I went like this. I didn't even eat them. I did, I've had these fucking Cliff Bars for like three weeks and I'm just now breaking into them. You know? But I love what Cliff flavor? Bars. Uh, white chocolate macadamia nut. You know, my favorite flavor mm. though out there is chocolate chip coconut. But you know, they don't always have that one. I love coconuts. I, I wish I could I wish I could express how much I love coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on I tonight? Like the... Oh. I want to hear oh. this. No, I need uh, to hear this. I need to hear what your favorite <laughs> cliff bar is, of course. And then I can argue with you. It's it's peanut butter. Oh, oh see, the classic. Peanut butter one. 
I don't go in on those. I I don't really go go for that. I I I go blueberry crunch. Blueberry crunch, I think, is what it's called. And then, uh, oh, that's uh, a crisp, my guy. Crisp, yeah. But that really, what they are, they're candy bars. You know, I they 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 can't be more because uh, they wouldn't have them in such abundance at gas stations if they weren't candy bars. You know, they can't have any kind of good health properties to them. Well, they've convinced people of it. I mean, there's <laughs> someone doing a free solo right on the package. I know. Well, I, Brian, could could go to the store. I go to the store and I get a Cliff Bar. When I really want a Snickers bar, I feel like I've made a good decision. <laughs> you have. I mean, there's oats is a good thing to have. Yeah. <laughs> the pro- I eat oats constantly, though. That's why I can't have those. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it, it just feels like I've made the right decision when I make... It feels like I've made the right decision when I make when I make the Cliff Bar decision. Even though, as I'm eating, I'm like, "This is a candy bar. This thing rules. It tastes so good." I think it's the peanut butter part that makes me think it's healthy. I'm like, "This is protein." I'm with you. Yeah. I have the same. I'm the same. That's why the, I, peanut butter is my flavor too. Because I'm like, I don't want any sort of engineered fucking flavors or freeze dried food bits or any of that ascorbic acid <laughs> to be blueberry shit. I peanut butter. Just grind up peanuts, put it with oats, make it stick together, and make it shelf stable. I'll munch on that. Yeah, it's but hard I, on the jaw though. Say. Well, uh, and yeah, and if you're hard. thirsty, it's intense. You think it's this? It's nothing. It looks like bullshit. Yeah. It looks like this thing is bullshit. <laughs> and then you go try to eat it and you're like, fuck, my mouth hurts. If you're thirsty and you're just like, you're just like, I'm going to go ahead and eat this. And you're like, I can't believe how hard this is to eat. Like, this feels like all it. That's why they're, that's why they're meal replacement. Hardy. They feel great. So, yeah, Cliff Bars, get them. It's a $14 workout. It is a $14 workout. You got to get on um, Bobo's, man. That's the next most expensive one. Bobo. I love those Bobo's bars. That's my road food when it's like, we've been on the road for six hours and I have not had a significant amount of calories. Bobo's will take care of that for me. I got to look at them. But if they're those one, like the oats and the Cliff Bars, why I get Cliff Bars. Uh huh. I just don't want one of those ones where they. Oh, it's I, like nougat or something. Not even nougat. Like a lot of those bars, man, will just be like, like, like fudge. They have like a fudge consistency. Yeah. Or yeah. A figs. Okay. And I don't want that. Okay. I just I want a fucking a ball of oats or a bar of oats to put in my system. To feel good about my choices. Again, when I really would want a Snickers bar, I get a Cliff Bar. It's it's that, you know what it is? It's the eat this, not that diet. Yep. <laughs> hey, it works. All whatever. right. Yeah, whatever makes you feel good about yourself, but I support you. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, I wish there was a clean segue into my terrible boss story oh, there just isn't well we don't need that i never all. worked for cliff uh bad boss I though talk about i can guarantee yeah. cliff is a bad cliff boss. seems like a horrible boss <laughs> yeah. they're like we I bought you sure. rock climbing lessons what, what are you complaining about yeah well i i i've had so many jobs so many terrible jobs with terrible people but the 
short highlight that I'll give is I worked at a pizza place, like a Sicilian Al Forno spot. And uh, the owner would not let us keep our tips because he said that the customers were tipping for his recipes, not for our service. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. He withheld our tips. And um, I was eventually let go because I wasn't flirting enough with customers, which I guess means I wasn't bringing in enough tips for his recipes. Uh, what the? And he. That is. The uh, worst, the oh, God. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I can't it, handle it. I'm, yeah, on, I'm I mean, on my heels right now. <laughs> it's, it's awful. And I'm sorry to say that it does kind of get worse because. He was, he's a very creepy old man, an old Sicilian man. Not that being Sicilian makes you creepy, just he was both creepy and Sicilian. And, uh, he, I had, I would keep, you know, a rag in my jeans to wipe off my hands and stuff. Uh-huh. And, uh, he, he called it my rabbit's tail and he would always kind of like honk honk it. Like my little, my little oh, bunny, no. my oh, bunny no. tail. <laughs> oh no, this is the, this is not Hugh Hefner's place. <laughs> no, no, not remotely. That restaurant incidentally burned down. It was not me. Oh. I did not burn it down. So um, some sort of cosmic justice. But, yeah, I'll say. And when I think when I heard that, it was just a shrug that they got out of me for it. It was like, eh, well, had it coming. Hope nobody got hurt. <laughs> okay. Uh, so how how many times did he have to explain that he's keeping the tips for the recipe? Was that to like, did everybody have that same conversation? Like, is he fucking with me or do we really not get the money that people put in that, that jar? Oh, no, we really didn't get the money. I never heard it. <clears throat> I never heard it directly from him. Um, you know, he, this guy, the owner, he would come in periodically, but it was his son that kind of ran the day to day. Oh, Uh so it was it was his son that was the one who told me, you know, no, because because I, I I've worked at enough places where it's like, you know, they would keep the tips until the weekend and then you just get this pile of cash at the end of the week or whatever. Uh-huh. But so when I went looking for my tips, where are those? Uh, nope, you don't get those. Those aren't for you. What was the pay? I want to say something like 11 an hour. OK, OK, not minimum. Um that not an excuse, but I'm just, I was just wanted to see how low they could go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wonder like, cause the idea of a tip, first of all, the tip is not really for the food. The people that make the food are supposed to be making more than the tipped minimum wage. And you should be a, like the tip is for the service. I mean, we've established this is established, and people we're giving the tip to the employees. <laughs> Never once that did I. I don't tip the delivery driver. Like, hey, thanks for bringing famous Sal's Pizza right to my house. Here, give him this five dollars and, and tell him I said thanks. <laughs> How, I wonder if the business was just doing really fucking shitty, and he was just like, I need all the money I could get. Sounds insurance fraud. Doesn't <laughs> seem like a good uh, option or tax. Like some tax thing? Yeah, he might have burned his own business down. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he does sound like a guy that was fucking around. I mean, keeping the tips like that hat, it, it's it's a cat. First of all, it's definitely a tax thing that he's doing. It's untaxed sure. money, right? Like, so you you get the tips. 
He gets to keep them. He doesn't have to claim that money. He can spend that money on anything he wants, you right, know? Right. And that's probably what it is, would be my guess. And then, yes, when the place did burn down, I would not put it past a guy like that, that, that comes up with these reasons. I don't know how he's spending his money. But it sounds like when you're keeping the tips that your business is just doing bad and you're yeah. like, I got to get the fuck out of this thing. You're spending too much money. If you're, yeah, if you're taking from your employees like that, you're, you're fucked. You're just, and so how many people work there? It was a small crew. I would say there are probably five of us and it was, um, it was an open kitchen. So everybody worked the register and also cooked. <laughs> And and did dishes and bust and wow. cleaned and all that kind of Gee, stuff. Man. So and and everybody else just seemed to roll with it. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, explain it. You have to people. Yeah, it's either you. you it's it's like because yeah, it's one of those things where you have to just neutralize it. Where like if I don't agree with this, that means I have to leave this job, and I'm kind of okay with this miserable place. Uh, you know, it's right. kind of, that's kind of where the mindset goes. But then the the the. The flirting requirement is 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 just outrageous. I mean, you can't. I, you can't that's one thing. Also, something you can't just say that out loud. I don't think. I don't think you can just say that out loud. No. I uh, mean, I don't think you can well, keep tips. I just don't <laughs> understand how the first time he kept the tips. Just that first time he looked somebody in the face. Yeah. He was like, no, I keep these. The oregano I put in here is really where those tips are coming from. <laughs> I put a certain amount of oregano in that other people don't put in. You yeah. Know? That's what people are tipping for. Uh, yeah. I'll say two of the employees were, they were brothers and they were undocumented. Um, and so uh, I feel like yep. he's probably taking advantage. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's exactly where that stuff comes in. Yep. Yeah. No. Yes. That actually, that absolutely makes sense. Yeah. My they, mom, my mom worked catering with undocumented people and they weren't paying yeah. them overtime. You know, they weren't paying everybody else that was on the books was getting time and a half for these fucking outrageous schedules. And they were getting paid Ugh. the same for 50, 60 hour work weeks, you know, 10, 12 hour days. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, that's very common. And, and, you know, the awful people that own a business and conduct themselves like that, um, they do know there is somebody that's in desperate enough to fill in the cracks, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I yeah, mean, I worked. Those brothers offered me money to marry them actually so that they could stay. <sighs> I would have made way more money doing that. Yeah. Um, my wife had that off. Yeah. My wife had that offer too when she was younger and she just talks about it probably once a year where she was just like, <laughs> God damn it. It was just would have been so much money at a time when I needed it more than anything <laughs> in the world. Oh, was it a decent money? Yeah. Yeah. Tens of thousands. Oh, man. I would have done it. Yep. I remember one time a guy was like, hey, you co-sign on my truck. For There's no way this guy paid his truck payment. Right. But he was like, co-sign on this truck for me and I'll give you $500. And I fucking gave them all of my information. Oh, you did? I got on the phone. I gave them all my information. I was just 18, though. I didn't uh. have any credit. <laughs> and they turned me down. But, man, I was right. It, it, he said he didn't even have to finish the sentence. He was just like, will you co-sign? Yep. 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 $500? Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. I will do that. And I gave the guy my info. I didn't even have a job at the time. The guy was like, no, you can't co-sign for anything. Yeah. But yeah, I I probably would have maybe married somebody. I'm I'm gonna fucking marry somebody now. Yeah, it'd be a polycule. We exploit our bodies for less. 
Yeah, you know? it's true. So why not? Sixty thousand dollars. I will marry. So I will start a polycule where I'll just marry somebody and you make can't. a move into the house. It's against the law. You can't you have got a divorce your wife. That's against the law. No marriage. You can't marry more than one person. Yeah, that's bigamy. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were allowed to do polycules now. I thought you were yeah, allowed you to can. be poly now. Yeah, you can. Not you're, if you're married. You're welcome to live however you want, but you can't marry anybody you want. That's not, not right. Not marry as many people as you want. I would get into like a protesting thing for that, but I'm afraid of the people I'd be protesting with. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to go to Utah for that. Yeah. Yeah. It still should be legal, though. I think it should be legal. I would no. marry 15 people, really. But that's probably what they worry about. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, we would get married so that our, like, financial fates are tied together. And, like, yeah. Sure. We, we can claim bankruptcy together. <laughs> you know, we can do gifting. anybody. All kinds of bank scams. Yeah, rich people would go crazy. They'd be married to everybody in the country. I mean, especially in, yeah. like, the COVID laws. times, the vibes around the house could use some shaking up. You know what I mean? We could use somebody moving in. <laughs> Not the sex vibes, <laughs> I don't mean, but just the pure vibes around the house. It's like me, Katie, and Gwen, you know, we just watch TV all day. It's like, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to maybe have a few, uh, uh, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to have like some, some nice person move in and that's and just give a roommate. That's a roommate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want a roommate though. I had a roommate once, and you know what? If you would I did, marry somebody and let them live in your house, not have sex with them, but you will never have a roommate. I had a roommate, and it didn't go well. Well, I've had a few roommates, and it didn't go well. But the first time, it was my fault. It didn't go well. The second time, it was the other person's fault. It didn't go well. And uh, uh, and uh, secondly, I'd have to give up my office. That would. That's where I wouldn't do it. But okay. I would marry somebody for like sixty thousand dollars. Okay. I fucking would totally marry somebody for sixty grand to stay in the country to pay my student loan debt off, and then I would marry a second person for another sixty grand to play pay Katie's student loan debt off. I would do that. What's What's the big deal? You got to divorce Katie, right? But we would still be right together. You know what I mean? All That's $120,000 there, Brett. Sure. Change my life. I'd find, be Find the deal. I'd be debt-free. That's what Dave Ramsey should be talking about. <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah, I don't think anything. <laughs> Probably improve your mental health. Well, this boss sounds like a fucking asshole. Yeah, the worst. Um, it, yeah. So did he do? Did, did he do the? Did he do the bunny thing with anybody else? I never saw the bunny thing happen with anybody else. Oof. Yeah, That's so creepy. I would hate to be like just being who I am and looking the way I do. Which, by the way, you go my Twitter today and see what I looked like when I was younger, which actually coincidentally looks ten years older than I am now. <laughs> than I look now, but like people just never cross the line. Like being a dude, it's so easy because people just don't really cross the line with you. You know what I mean? Like bosses don't don't like grab your booty or anything like that or, or expect anything mm -hmm. gross out of you. Like that's the that's like that I think is like maybe the ultimate privilege. And it, I also think that it's the kind of privilege that like that's why men don't understand 
like how that's that's one that men don't super understand that they have. Like, I didn't know until I was in my late 30s. Like, because I, I just never listened to a woman in my life. Don't say that out loud. <laughs> but in my late 30s, you're, you know. when I bad at time, everybody, too. <laughs> what? You're talking four years ago? Yeah. <laughs> we were doing this show, man. No, I, you know what I mean, though. Like, in, in, the, in the 30s, in my mid-30s then. But I'm saying that, like, I didn't really listen to a lot of women and, 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 like, just hearing, like, finally finding out, like, you know, the reason Gwen doesn't work as a teenager is because I don't want her to get harassed by some guy, you know? I, I don't want her to be working with adults harassing her and, like... You know, the way teachers treat them, the way fucking parents treat them. My sister always had an earlier curfew than me. She's barely even a year. She's like almost younger than me. My dad would be like, no, no, you don't understand. Girls have earlier curfews because bad things can happen to them. And it's just like stuff like that is like just stuff I never thought about until I got way older and old enough to understand. And, and I like think of all the people in their twenties who are like this male privilege bullshit is stupid. My wife makes me do all the work. You know what I mean? She makes me mow the grass. She don't want to mow the grass and stuff like that. You're just like, you are just missing the point. Yeah, absolutely. And from a, from my perspective, you know, I've always presented as masculine as possible. Um, but that doesn't stop people from seeing me as a, a feminine person, like whatever. So, uh, yeah, I can't stop the harassment and it makes me feel some type of way. And I can't explain to the person, Hey, so you think I'm a girl and I'm not. And their head would explode probably if I told them that, but I don't have the guts because they might punch me. Well, I don't know. Yeah. And even just like, I would imagine for you, it's like, I, I don't want to explain this like 500 no. times a day. It, it's the same. It's not the same, but it's like when somebody asks me what I do for a living in normal years, you know, when we're touring and all that stuff, and we're doing all this different stuff. I'm always just like, I, you know, I'm a podcaster, uh, but I also do this and I also do that and this, and it, it becomes like this very confusing thing. Like, because I try not to leave anything out because I'm, I feel like a loser when I say I'm a podcaster or whatever, but it does have to be a thing <laughs> when, when, especially as non-binary as presenting as, as non-binary, having they, them pronouns, like there has to be like several times a week where it prompts a kind of in-depth response where somebody's got 250 million questions for you and honestly you i mean you know you gotta be like i don't feel like doing this right now oh yeah and cis people don't have to do that they don't have to explain themselves ever yeah. so, no it's easy yeah you never have to explain like I mean, it, it seems like like once you learn about it the first time, it's like such an e you could go online and read about what it is to be non-binary or what it means and like get a pretty clear idea of it and just like do that. Why do people always feel like they got to engage in a fucking dialogue? The, the most annoying people in the world are the ones that are just like, I could go read about this. But I think I'm just going to ask you 250 questions about it. Right. I'll harass yeah, you instead. For free. 
for free. And we're going to have a dialogue. We're going to have a debate on your existence. You know what I mean? Like, we're just going to sit. Get, like, that seems like, that seems like a really, that, that seems like such a fucking pain in the ass. It's, 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 uh, uh, it, it, I, I, you know. I'm, I'm glad people yeah, man, though continues. <laughs> yeah, but I'm glad I'm glad people are like more comfortable coming out and stuff now than like it feels like it's moving in the right direction. It just feels like there's this thing of like there's this thing of like people expecting you so much out of you. Like so much more out of you than you should ever have to give. Uh, other than to say I, this is who I am and this is the type of person I am and that's it. You know what I mean? Well, I do. I wanted to plug real quick. I do a podcast um, with two cis dudes. And so I'm kind of the uh, the relief, the cis relief uh-huh. or the non-cis relief rather. Um, but we, yeah, we're, we're a political a leftist podcast. It's PLR, Providence Leftist Radio. And uh, I, I mean, you know, the other two guys are, are wonderful people. I love them so much. They're very educated. They read a lot of theory. You Talk know, to women they, in their twenties and listen their... to them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you got. At first, I I'm thought you said. Good job of plugging it. I thought at first you said the PLUR podcast, like Plur, and I was like, oh, okay, bringing that back. You know, that, that was like no. a drug thing, wasn't it? Yeah, rave. Yeah, peace, love, you need respect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's also cool. Those are two cool things. But PLR podcast, Providence Leftist PLR, Radio. Providence. Providence, Rhode Island, Providence Leftist Radio. And uh, yeah, so, you know, we, we talk about all kinds of things. Uh, this week, especially Hasbro in Rhode Island, uh, the toy company took away the Mr. and Mrs. from the potato head. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now it's just a gender neutral potato head. Yeah. Uh, so I had a lot of thoughts to share on that. All hell broke and, loose. Uh, My family had a meltdown. Oh, oh goodness. <laughs> <laughs> what are you I- supposed to tell the kids? <laughs> what if I supposed to say so that 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 potato head always had a penis? <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, that's so weird. It's so weird that people get mad about like it just being. It's a potato head, you know. It's not even a person. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's a potato head with feet. They aren't even bothered that it doesn't have a body. It just has two feet under its chin. Let's talk about that. That's a a more exciting thing to compare non-binary people to. Also, (laughs) I don't. I don't like being compared to a potato. No. Yeah. yeah, And nobody was yelling. God damn! I wish this Mister Potato Head would just be Potato Head. Either like Hasbro thinks. Yeah, we didn't ask for that. I know Hasbro is like we're doing the right thing. We're doing the right thing, and it's like I, I, I don't know. I mean, nobody cares the gender of the potato head i don't think anybody does i want yeah. health care yeah <laughs> maybe so maybe now if someone says they then pronounce what does that mean you say i identify as a potato <laughs> think of me like a potato i guess i guess that's the that's the the new that's the new bar yeah that sucks well when you see clothing designed for gender neutral people it usually looks like a sack that potatoes come in so it <laughs> yeah. all fits <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. We have kids around us, and we try to explain that stuff. We have a really smart eight year old 
uh, niece that is just like, why are there boys clothes and why are there girls clothes? It's ridiculous. And she'll get on like her soapbox all day about it. Same with the toys and yeah, stuff too. I love that. Um, but it's that. like the, 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 the toys, the gender of a toy was something that I never was concerned. I just don't have the time for that. <laughs> just, just, it's a no. toy. Toys. We're all, we're yelling about toys, you know? It just seems like a, but what it really, it, 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 it feels like a very cynical sort of like get Hasbro in the news move. You know what I mean? Get Hasbro in the news for the right reasons. Conservatives will go nuts about it. So then the people on the other side will make fun of the conservatives. And now everybody's involved on the news, you know, on, on the potato head discourse. Meanwhile, trans people are just trying to exist. Yeah. Not be discriminated against. Yeah. It is funny, though. I had not heard anybody say, like, I don't know. I, I don't think I need to be compared to a potato. <laughs> Yo, non-binary people are, like, the most colorful, wonderful people. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Compare us to these potatoes. Yeah. And they're not going to ship. Here's the other thing. Uh, but before you go, here's what I think, too. They're not going to ship the Mr. Potato Head or the new Potato Heads with all of the parts. You're still going to get the Mr. Parts and the Mrs. Parts in separate packs. Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how are they going to? You got to buy them. You got to spend money. Yeah, are they going to fucking, are they just going to take all the parts from the potato heads and fucking get, put them all in the pack now? Like, is there a difference? Like, how are they selling? Are they just getting away with doing less work now? Yeah, <sighs> I don't know if I've ever even seen a potato head in stores. That's one of those things that just always, like, was somewhere I mean, you're always stepping on in somebody's house yeah, yeah go to the fucking thrift store exactly. if you want one they have one in a gallon freezer bag for 99 cents they've made <laughs> enough of them right. already yeah we don't need any more potato heads but they needed to sell some potato heads yeah stock prices oh, yeah. going down we gotta sell some potato heads they're gonna bundle it with a ruth bader ginsburg coloring book yes yes <laughs> ruth bader ginsburg would have loved the new potato head that's well, for sure. sure we all do i think it's fine it's fine to have a mixes potato silly. head it's just a silly thing. All right. Well, thanks for calling in. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Was it was fun. We, we, we covered a lot of space there. That's right. Let me know about that job hanging up on cis guys. Okay. Will you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we will. Oh, we will. also, I forgot. I Also, for people that want to know, I am doing the Providence late, uh, the PLR podcast on March 27th. We're scheduled to record. That's so right. if you uh, subscribe now, you'll hear it eventually. Oh, I'm doing the. Uh, um, Oh, fuck. Well, and introducing podcast on March 10th. So there you go. That's not relevant. Yay. No, I was just saying I'm All doing a podcast. All the loser podcasters too. come together. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Thank you, guys. Peace. I just being funny. I was just saying I'm doing a podcast, too. Oh, it's hilarious. Thank you. Thank you. The potato head thing. Didn't even consider that part that they were just like the potato heads non-binary now. It's like <laughs> my also it's um it's such, for me inside of myself thinking about being attached to things like the Lando Lakes butter mascot or Aunt Jemima or a potato head feels so empty. It feels like the most empty life and it feels so weak that if they can take the, the Mr. Or Mrs. off of a potato head, it, it sends you into a fury. You look like a weak ass to me. 
I just, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I am, I am really like, what is the fucking, I mean, potatoes don't have genders. It's like they were yelling, Mr. Potato Head is a man. And it's like, no, Mr. Potato Head's a fucking potato. But again, it's like, what's Hasbro doing? Like, what is the ulterior motive for Hasbro? You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, sell more potato heads. I mean, this is, it will spark a lot. It will spark a buying frenzy, I guess, at some yeah. point. But yeah. it's also, I mean, it's also a cool thing to do. I mean, I don't, it's, I don't mind saying that, like, it's fine. Like, I would, I like my daughter to play with toys like that, that don't assign gender to everything. Not Bobby's. Huh? Bobby's. She loves Bobby's. Yeah. We need. Well, mine loved Bobby's too. <laughs> um, Barbies are bad, but it's her favorite thing in the world. They do need to update the Barbies for sure. Yeah, I mean, kids. I don't know, man. My daughter loved Barbies. She loved like taking care of babies and stuff yeah. like that. That was yeah. just her whole thing. It's like I was always trying to be more woke about it and be like, hey, you know, check out a GI Joe or something. You know what I mean? Just trying to yeah. try to push her in more gender neutral territory. But she was just like, no. <laughs> GI Joe isn't that. Is, oh, I guess no, that gender neutral. <laughs> I, I I I fucked up, but I always did no, try fine. to push her in. Well, both sides, yeah. In, in those kind of different territories, but she was always just like, mm, I like Hannah Montana, you know? I watch iCarly all day. I, yeah. I don't like boy stuff. And I was like, all right, whatever, man. I'm not going to argue with you. Right. I'm not going to, like, argue, you know? No, it's like, no. whatever. Whatever you're into, go fucking be into it. Yeah, you know? and that's all it should be. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It's not really... It doesn't hinder the way I interact with some. Like, it shouldn't have affect the way... Well, I'll get hot now. With somebody. I will get hot under the collar now when you say Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, that's time. Just like, you know, if you say potato, if you say Mr. Potato Head, I'm going to be like, you're in you trouble. Motherfucker. You're in big trouble. You son of You'll a You'll be at the dad's fuck. group. Yeah. 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 I'll go into the chat. i like, Brett said Mr. Potato Head. And uh, I was sick to death about it. And uh, what are they going to do with Toy Story? They got to edit Toy Story now. It's just a whole big mess, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. It's, a it's unfortunate. Potato, Are they tearing apart the fabric of American society? I know. <laughs> You're right, though. Um, it is so weak. Social You're Marxism. Freaking out about fucking the syrup lady. It's <laughs> just like, who cares? I don't give a it's fuck pathetic. about the syrup. That's our culture. Our culture is Mr. Potato Head and the syrup lady. That's our culture. Native Americans make the butter. That's what it is. That's what it's always been. They, like, say they, they, they say that Native Americans re, or, or indigenous peoples really liked the Land of Lakes lady. They always say that. Oh, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she was real popular. Yeah, or Aunt Jemima was really popular with like older, yeah. older black, black moms and shit. It's like, no, nobody <laughs> Stop. cares. Stop. They You're the, like they're not making a movie about no it. One no one noticed. No one noticed. Yeah. Yeah, people will buy Mrs. Butterworth too if it's on sale. They just but when when we're talking about fucking Lando Lakes or we're talking about like the syrup, they just buy the one that's on sale. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't matter. Those which brands, one has a coupon? Yeah, those brands. Which one's are on the Ibotta? Yeah, those brands are literally like, oh, the Mrs. Butterworth's on sale this week. That's what I'm gonna buy. Yeah. Nobody is like, nobody is like, oh my god. Oh my God! I they're out of Aunt Jemima. What? I don't know. She, she's the only one I can trust with my pancakes <laughs> tasting so sweet. Nobody else can pour out corn syrup and make it an amber color. Yeah, and no, the and the butter one's even more ludicrous. 
It's like the the butter. It's butter. Just buy what that people buy whatever butter is three dollars instead of four dollars. Yep. Yep. It's all it is. Two ninety nine, three ninety nine. Well, I'll go two ninety nine this yeah, time. Yeah, I choose go two ninety nine every time. <laughs> yeah. Which one's two for five? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and it, it's uh, all right. Well, let's get this next call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? What's your pronouns? Howdy. Hello? Hey, Hello. what's up? Hey guys, this is uh, this is Anna. This is Anna Asteroid from Kansas City. Oh, cool. What's up, Anna? How's it going tonight? Um, I, it's really good. I'm glad to hear this is an ABCD show. I was very excited to call in tonight because we have some cool stuff going on in town with uh, particularly uh, the homeless people in town. They've unionized, which I'm very excited wow. uh, about. And I'm it, yeah, that what was that one of the things I wanted to call in. Well, they uh, they take it up residents of city hall primarily, um, and they their 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 goals are to take up space and to make people notice them until things change. All because right. if people are not uncomfortable, they won't change things. So uh, I've got a couple of funding links for them that I'm really excited to share, yeah. and then. Uh, uh, Casey Mutual Aid is another group that I work with as well. I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous. Sorry, guys. No, you're doing great. I didn't notice okay. at all. Uh, so, so for the Homeless Union, uh, their donation link is at MW Homeless Collective. And then for Casey Mutual Aid, it's just at Casey Mutual Aid. Um, and we have... Uh, Casey Mutual Aid has a couple cool projects with uh, meal programs and a community gardening pro- project that we've been working on, and we would love any support that that Street Fighters would be willing to throw our way. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Where's this at again? In Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, man. Kansas City is a great place. It smells good. It smells Best good. Best smell place and in the country. Lots of good-ass street fighters are from there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, we've got, like, we've got, some, we've got some good folks here, and we would love to we would love to see anybody else around that wants to support. For sure. That's great. Uh, and, and how many people are, are at City Hall right now? I think right now, regularly, they have about 20 people that are staying there uh, as of their, like, day-to-day occupation yeah. and then they have between 40 or 50 additional that are coming through there as like an outpost so That's, any yeah. resources that are getting sent to there are getting to the the 20 25 30 people or so there daily and then additional ones too yeah 20 is a big number that's a sizable number like a one-person protest does not work i'm, I'm just going to say that uh, you're not going to make a big change but um that's a that's a sizable group, uh, especially if you can get people to come and help out through the day. That's that's really good. I'm glad to hear that. It is it is really cool. And like uh, as of I think I think three days from now, I'm not trying to like boost a whole bunch of signal to it because we don't want City Hall to do a sweep. But as of February, sorry, as of March second, they'll have official squatters rights. So like the people oh, that no. have been occupying the, the lawn at City Hall will be able to claim. City Hall is their like official legal address, and they'll like be able to use yeah. like the people's house, the place to get mail, and a place to like establish actual communication. And it's been a pretty inspiring thing to follow. And I would 
absolutely encourage people to support that if they can. Yeah, that sounds incredible. That's yeah, that's really- cool. I Twenty people so- like staying somewhere so- is big. Yeah, yeah, they are. There's like 20, 20 or so people staying there, and then there's a couple other places in town that are like auxiliary camps, and like anything that like is is overflow for the initial camp will go will go to those. But um, you know, like hygiene items, monetary donations, food items, clothing items, anything like that is welcome. Um, and and for the homeless union, it's at MW Homeless Collective, and then Casey Mutual Aid also has a, a program where we're we're helping support them, and it's at Casey Mutual Aid, um, and it's it's really cool to see what they're doing down so there. MW Homeless Collective, and what was the other one? The other one is at Casey Mutual Aid. K C A S E Y. No, K C. Casey. Oh, Casey. Like, I thought you meant like your like dude, Casey. Casey. No, yeah, just the letters. Just <clears throat> Casey Mutual Aid. Yeah, those oh. are the those are the donation links for me. Great. I'll, I'll put great. those in the chat. Well, that's great. It's good to hear good news. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't want to take up too much of you guys' time, especially on an ABCD show, but um, yeah. We, Hope you well, guys thank have a good you. Night. Thanks for calling. We yeah, will we appreciate it. Thanks for all the help and yeah. with the group and everything. You're for always having good stuff to say. Sure. <clears throat> you guys are the best. I hope to talk to you later. Peace. Okay. Bye. All right. That's a good one. I like to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Homeless union. Never. Uh, never heard of something like that. But you know, it's. I guess it's like a tenants union. That right. Both are good. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm down. And it is, yeah, I mean, there has to be something different. I was thinking today about, like, the Joe Biden presidency and all that and how, like, the police brutality issue has been going on since, like, the beginning of the country. It's not like they figured it out for a little bit. It's not like they figured it out in 1970 and it's just become a problem now. It's just been going on forever. Democrats have been there the whole time and they're not doing anything about it. They can't be the ones that we find change through. Yeah. I can't have you saying... Well, Joe Biden's cabinet is very diverse because it doesn't matter how diverse the cabinet is. The cabinet is going to perpetuate houselessness. Yeah. You know, and that's something we have to tackle on a, in a serious way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, America's a rotten place. Uh, next call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? And what's your pronouns? Hey, what's up, guys? It's Bobby from Seattle. Howdy. What's up, Bobby? How's it going? Oh, bartender Bobby? Yeah, bartender Bobby. Oh, What's thank you. Thanks for calling in. Uh-huh. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm still waiting on my shirt, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, just so you know. I was like, hold on. Um, I sent my info over. Where is my shirt? <laughs> I'm very scatterbrained. Um, I will get it to you, definitely. Uh, just you got to message me one more time, and that's it. And, and I'll, I'm going to spoil you. It's all good. I trust you guys. You're all the best. Um, <laughs> I love listening to you all. It's just fun. I don't know. You all go through phases. So there's maybe a couple of months where I can tell. I can just like sense that like y'all are not, you're not here for it. Like Brian's not here for it. Brett's not here for it. And, but you're like doing this for the community. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have a, um, it's like you're doing it's like you know it's like we have to do this for the people and there's other times where we're doing this because oh that's right we love to do this and now you guys are in a groove where it's like 
we're doing this because we like are having fun doing this, and I like that. That's great. I'm I'm, I'm really happy so to hear you know, say I, that. I mean, I, I, that that verifies my feelings too. Where um, I desperately want to be into it, and like when we're firing on all cylinders and something great happens, I'm just like, oh god, that was so fun. That was so cool to do. And then there's just these lulls, and you just try to try to navigate out of them. But you know, there's there's big ruts in my life. You know. Yeah, I mean, and y'all, I mean, you, everybody should get to have that. I mean, in any job, no matter what you do, you, everybody goes through ins and outs, ups and downs. There's times where you don't want to do it and, you know, you don't really feel it. So I don't ever hold you guys. I, I was just kind of be like, okay, I'm going to give them a break. Let's give them a month break. <laughs> then I'll jump back in and then we'll see where we're at. Because no matter what, you're like, I know you're awesome. But so anyways, but um, I just want to say I appreciate you. That's Thank all. you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you too. Um, What's I gonna say? I was gonna tell you. Uh, da, 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 um, okay, okay. So you got okay. We have two things here. Do you want to know about my? Okay. So I'm Bobby. I'm gay, black from Seattle. Blake, gay, black guy from Seattle. So loud and annoying. Um, you guys can we can either talk about my shitty roommate, um, or my shitty like white Canadian roommate. Or we could talk about my neighbor who became my boss. I started working for him for two months at his woodworking shop. And then all the chaos that ensued afterwards. Why you should never work for your neighbor. <laughs> um, yeah. I got two good ones. <laughs> yeah, those both sound juicy. Uh, how do you feel, Brian? Yeah. Uh, the second one? The neighbor. Yeah, I think the neighbor sounds good. You want yeah, the neighbor, yeah, neighbor stuff is good. Yeah. Okay, so when I say neighbor, like, I mean, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, so usually, like, if you have neighbors, you're like, oh, you don't really have to see them because they're in a house kind of, you know, on, like, the next property over. This is Seattle. So we're talking about someone who's, like, 50 feet in front of my window, Um, and I just moved into this place in September. So uh, this, this guy, Jared, he's the same age as me, like, I'm 36 he's 36 and um he we just started talking in the driveway as i was moving in and he was saying how he uh owned a woodworking shop and i love woodworking it, it is the straightest thing about me i love fucking woodworking it's just so much fun yeah it's and neat. uh i was like hey you know i was like hey can i come work with you sometime you know you don't have to i don't i don't want any money i just want to know i want to be like almost like an apprentice you know what i mean like i want to just be trained and on how to use all the tools correctly and, you know, joints and stuff like that, you know, and I showed him some things I'd already done and he agreed to it. Right. So like two days a week, I would go work with him and I'd ride with him. Everything was cool for like a month and we'd go work together, but he's a white, he's a white, this guy from Idaho. Okay. Um, you know, he's like his dad's an architect, his mom's a nurse. Like they always had money. I'm the exact opposite, complete hot mess of a life. Uh, but you got along well enough, parents. like out front in front of the house. Yeah, but we like we click, like we click. But the problem started to happen where it was during the time when, um, yeah, it's like September, October time. So it was like getting real hot with all the presidential stuff and then the um, the rioting and and you know the protests and all that stuff. So it got real tense between us oh and it's almost like he 
but he was uncomfortable. I felt like he was uncomfortable and he wouldn't, I don't know. He was just being real weird about it. And like, I, I felt like he didn't trust me and stuff. So, and I lived right next to him, which is odd. So yeah, you, he had, I was hanging out. Yeah. You got the, did. I mean, if you're, yeah, if you're, you live in the, in the neighborhood with him, like you're, the, you got the same level of, of, you got the same level going there, you know? He's not like coming from a mansion right. to pick you up, you know. He's he's doing the same thing you are. But so you think it was the it has to be the election then, right? Because it was getting closer to November, right? So okay, he, he just so thought you were a Biden that, person. You think? Well, he, he the thing is, so he is total by. He would ask me all these you know great questions. He was really honest. You know, when we came like the race, he you know would actively listen to what I was saying about, you know, um, like black culture and how black people are treated. And he never argued with me on anything. You know, he wasn't like a, you know, a closeted, you know, Trumper or Republican. He was super open-minded, but it was his wife. That's the problem. Well, she's still the problem. And, um, so his wife who works for Starbucks, so I would go over there, you know, once a week and hang, they would invite me over to hang out and drink. And I don't, really drink i make drinks you know that's Mm -hmm. why i do so good at my job because i don't really drink so i would go over there and hang out and she would get shit faced i mean shit faced drunk and i would have like one of those seltzer fucking things or those things like all those seltzer drinks yeah you know she's a white girl but she's basic as fuck (laughs) sure so I'm living <laughs> you know, basic. Of as course, well. they, they they got a whole shelf of fucking uh, white claws, and uh, she's just drinking all vodka and everything. And then, so once it would get after a few hours, she would want it. Of course, it would go into this whole. She would go into this whole spiel about we got to get rid of this Trump and da da da. Like, oh, okay. and I would always say, like, he's not your problem you know this oh. right you do understand that he's not the problem she's like no i mean i get it like i understand but you know we're talking about like my rights you know and uh this is right before rbg died and uh she's like it's about rights and they're gonna take away my rights and all this stuff i said sweetie you are talking you're you're freaking out about someone taking taking away your rights i'm black i never even had rights Wow. So it was the other direction. You, you had, you had a, a riding with Biden person that just wanted to be like, but come on, voting for Biden is the best thing that we can do. Right. Uh, Oh my God. Yes. It was, it was like talking to like a MSNBC fucking personality. That's what it was. And she worked. So she works on like the social, she does like the social media something with social media like she gets like influencers and stuff uh they do all the promotions and stuff for um starbucks and so she gets to decide you know what influencers they're going to pick and pay and what they want them to promote and so she was saying how you know and you know so so how do y'all choose you know do you have black people do y'all get black influencers oh yeah you know we get we uh we, we get black people and stuff too you know i said so like how do you choose them and it was just it was really awkward and, and she was like trying to like mansplain it like trying to white explain it to me how how they i don't know how they how starbucks goes about picking influencers to promote their product and yeah. it was weird and sounds so like some I was just, matthew I damon shit it. 
Yeah, I wasn't with it at all. You know what I mean? I just, I wasn't here for it. And uh, after that, Jared and I were still really cool, but she just started ignoring me and we just stopped talking. Like, I mean, I, I didn't think there was a problem, but I guess there was. And they looked like legit completely, what's it called? Um, like they iced me out completely. Like I don't even exist. Just anymore. cold shoulder. Cold, yeah. Cold you know, turkey, cold shoulder, like nothing. Let me let me say this though, and 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 uh, uh, I'm not defending them. You really ruined her good time though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you she fucked your life up. I know. She had. Know. She had. Insane. She had somebody over that she was like, "There's no way this person can disagree with me on my politics. It's just fucking no possible way. I'm as woke as they come." I'm a Biden supporter. I like RBG. I'm great. You know, I'm in. And I think like that happens to a lot of these white ladies online and stuff is that you ruin their time. They're trying to be woke. Yeah. They're trying to feel good. They're trying to do the right fucking thing. You know what I mean? But then you show up and you're like, well, maybe, you know, maybe RBG was bad. You know, she said some, did you see what she said about Colin Kaepernick? (laughs) You know what I mean? And then they're like, oh, get out of here. You, I bought 15 RBG shirts. Now you're telling me she's racist. Yeah. It it sounds like, it sounds like people going on California wine trips that are like, I do it for the culture. That's why I'm a part of the Starbucks influencers program is because I want, I'm in charge. And you know, most of these white people don't do this, but I choose black people to be a part of our campaign. Okay. (laughs) That's when it's, it just sounds like you burst her bubbles so fucking bad. (laughs) I mean, I've been in, 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 this is just me. Like, you know, a white dude, but I've been in situations where a conversation has slowly, slowly gone downhill. And then the other person's yelling at me for the same sort of thing. Another person who maybe reads the Atlantic, uh, you know, (laughs) uh, uh, thinks they believe all the right things, thinks that they're intellectual. That's another thing that I was thinking about this yesterday, actually. Liberals also believe that they are smarter than you. That's true. They chose the right thing. Mm -hmm. And because I was a liberal at a point in my life, like I always thought like, well, you know, when you compare the way I think to the way Republicans think, I'm like the smartest guy in the fucking world. You know what I mean? I don't have any wrong opinions. Everything's right. And then you realize later on, it's like, I'm the Democrat. You know, let's start comparing ourselves to the way the Democrats and the Republicans think. (laughs) Because it just, they think that they've staked out all the right positions and they think that they've read all the right stuff and they've seen all the right documentaries (laughs) is really what it is, you know? And, and you go over there in this city. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Seattle. Yeah. Definitely. It is funny though. It, I mean, it sucks that it ended up like, with with the dude not you know kind of like uh uh ghosting you i loved you he he was like my best friend we got so close like i made such a like really good connection with him and just because her and i and and it wasn't even like an argument it was just because even everyone in the room understood what i was saying every there was there was two lesbians and uh this other girl that they call her their, their thruple and Jerry, everyone was on my, they were all like, 
I, we get what he's saying. And mm-hmm. she just kept going on and on about my rights, my rights. And I was like, girl, what are you talking about? Your rights? Who do you think you are? Bitch, you are from fucking, you are from some suburb in South Jersey, bitch. You, you are into ska. Bitch, you were in a ska band when you got out of high school. <laughs> you can't tell me shit about struggle, bitch. Like, what the fuck are you talking to? Like, what so, do you know? <laughs> so how so how did it end? Like, did, so that 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 part that I'm putting in quotations that party happens. <laughs> how long did you work with the so guy after that? I got two. I, I got about a week and a half. About two. Well, I had two weeks. I had two weeks. Oof. It was two weeks after that incident where because uh, I kept telling Jerry, you know, don't I don't want to be paid. You know, I was working eight hours a day and I'm actually, you know, I'm not doing my own projects. I'm working on his projects uh-huh. that he's being paid for. Because for me it's more of like making connections. You're like I got my own money. Like, yeah. I make my own money. So I don't need this back to me, this is fun. Uh but yeah, and skills, he knew that skills pay the bills eventually. It's a good way it's 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 exactly. a good tra- it's a good translation of information. Not to you know, as long as you're comfortable. Right. And so, but then, so he, what he did was, is Jared was like, um, I need your social and all this stuff because I want to put you on payroll. I said, payroll for two days a week. I don't want to be paid. You're going to fuck up my, you're going to fuck up my other shit. You can't put me on payroll. You go fuck up all the other money that I make. And I'm not going to lose all my benefits because you want to put me on a payroll for two days a week. That's just ridiculous. And uh, he was like, well, I got, I have to do it. I feel like it needs to be that way. And I have to pay you. And I was like, well, how much are you talking about paying me anyway? Let's just, we even, let's talk about that. Well, it's going to be $15 an hour. $15, bitch. Are you, first of all, see, I was like, see, this is why I didn't want to work for you. Because I know what I'm worth. And I know I'm worth way more than that. So that's why I just say I want to do it for free so I could learn. You see, now you've introduced this whole thing. You fucked it all up because your wife is mad. So... You know, because I think that in his mind, he thought if I make him an employee, then my wife can't trip about it, you know, because he works for me yeah. versus he's just coming to the shop with me. Yeah. So, yeah, that fucked it all up. Yeah. You're we right. can't no. even, like, talk anymore. But- yeah, that, that might have been a play from the husband to just be like, well, he's my employee, you know, like, I, you know, I hate it, but I mm-hmm. got to give him a ride to work. <laughs> and also, yeah, I yep. mean we get along but you're right I, that is true when like if i said to brian was like you know i told him how much he was worth per hour it would be like damn that's f- fucked up i thought it was something more than per hour here. <laughs> yeah right yeah you know what i'm saying i didn't go into this as a job i went into this like you know because for fun uh and you live next door to me why not like who cares that was a bad idea now now i know that's a bad idea. You learn new stuff every day. <laughs> yeah, having a friend too. I mean, having your next door neighbor be a friend is probably awesome. I've never oh, had great. it before. Yeah. <laughs> but it probably oh my, does rule. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> you mean, we can like look into each other's windows. That's how close we are. And now we and now it's like I had to rearrange my whole bedroom around. <laughs> yeah. so that I don't even face that side of the fucking room. Yeah. Because I was like, this it's just so awkward now. Now it's all yeah. awkward. Just because this one white lady is uncomfortable because this black guy, this, black, <laughs> this gay black dude from who has nothing, came from out of nowhere, fucked up her whole shit. <laughs> oh my God. That's incredible. That's, I, uh, that would be hard for me to put up with. I, I mean, that's, that's tough. Uh, have you, so like, do you still see, do you, 
Do you still run into each other on occasion see, or like your schedule's yeah, not synced up anymore? I, all the time. All the time. <laughs> I see them all the time. All the time. I, I, and especially Jerry, like I always, cause our hours are almost the same. Uh, I'm usually going out to do cleaning and other stuff when he's going out for work. So I almost, always run into him and there is, it's kind of like when you're walking past, it's like, you, it's like walking past the ex that you really could have spent the rest of your life <laughs> yeah. with. You know what I mean? We had a thing. <laughs> We had a thing. I had a friend. (laughs) People don't know what it's like. I mean, maybe people don't know, but as an adult, to get a friend is the most rare thing in the world. I moved twice, too. Your mover, it sounds like. I moved from Dallas and moved to D.C. Both times, it was like, quickly, I have to find people that I can go to their house with my pajamas on and just drink canned beer, and we act an ass in front of each other. Like, that is not easy to find at all. Having friends, you cannot it, just vibe with people. Me and like Brett that. meeting when I just we did. I somebody to like binge watch shows with. Right. Like, I yeah. just somebody to watch the housewives with every now and then. That's like, that's it. Me and Brett meeting is like one of the great miracles. Meeting when I was like 32 is one of the great miracles of my life. <laughs> Where it was like, I probably hadn't made a friend in 10 years before that. <laughs> It's just, you know, it, it really re- reiterated for me that the universe does not want me to be happy. It's just like, <laughs> I, I don't know what I did in my past life, but this is it. Like, this is what I have to deal with now. It's just a bunch of fucking people who are so uh, just, they just don't want to change. It's like every good thing comes with a bad thing. It's like every amazing person comes with a terrible husband, wife, uh, boss. I don't know. Like they always, it always comes with these terrible strings attached. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, we got to you got to apply that forgiveness to everybody. But I do, I do appreciate the effort and following that intuition of like, hey, I want to fuck with wood. If you can do it, teach me. I saw, you know, but you are going to, you don't win every time when you make that gamble. <laughs> yep, that's right. Well, at least I got a month out of it. So what are you going to do? That's how <laughs> yeah. I look at it. It seems like you're open to having friends, which is really, that's the thing that adults do wrong. It is. Is they're just not even open to having a friend. <laughs> oh, I know. Especially out here. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, uh, do I have my Tesla? Or when can I sell my house so I can make an extra million dollars? Like everyone's just focused on their status out here and, and, and homeless people. So when it comes to being vulnerable for like two seconds and, you know, being like authentic and friendly, it's like, for what? What is that? How does that pay? What's the pay for that? What do I get from this? You know what I mean? It's like, how is that going to help me in the long run? <laughs> so short-sighted. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for calling in. That was great. That was Yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Tragedy. I say that you are the best. Have and- a great night. Something, you have a great night too. Once again, please message me with your information one more time. I want to let you know there are protocols in place so that I can distribute that information. If in case I'm in a rut, I won't just completely forget about what I promised. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. I, I'm watching you, Brett. I'm watching you. We got, we'll see. Hey, I got to prove to you, Bobby. Uh, have a good it. one. <laughs> All right, you too. Okay, bye, guys. Peace. Oh, that's that's wonderful. I had a situation like that, too, though, when I went to that funeral, and that was related to, like, Black Lives Matter versus Blue Lives Matter, where it was like we had went so radical and uh, over the summer that we just completely lost contact with family members to the point where they won't even look at you or talk to you or acknowledge you, which is crazy to me because I'm just not like that anymore. 
Like, even my old high school buddy, we had, like, a fucking knockdown, drag-out fight against each other and didn't talk forever. And now we're, like, the best friends again. And I just couldn't imagine... I never... But, but it's because he moved away, and that's why. But if I ever see anybody that I fucking was in a fight with before, I'm just like, nah, man, I was stupid and fighty. That's, please don't. Hold that against me. Yeah, yeah, I was in a bad mood. I was in a bad mood. I didn't mean to do that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, you want to take another call or you want to take a break or what do you want to yeah, do? Yeah, take one more. One more call. Uh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking tonight? What's the pronouns? Hey, uh, this is Kelly and my pronouns are she and her. Hey, Kelly, what's going on tonight? Nothing much, actually. I'm kind of excited I actually got on because I called in late and I was like, oh, shit, I'm not going to be able to get on. Nah, you made it. You made it on the ABCD show. What's up tonight? Nothing. Um, I actually, uh, I was, I've been meaning to call in for like weeks now because I want to talk about Yakuza. You oh, know? I've never played Yakuza. Brett has. Well, you know, Brett loves it. I've been playing it. <laughs> yeah, when you said. Have you finished it yet? You're one of the legendary Kellys. There's a, there's a lot of good Kellys listening to Street Fight, but I thought it was you. <laughs> and then I ch- I just yeah, searched the zip code. It was like, I know who this is. Uh, I haven't finished it yet, no. I- I'm about uh, 40% way- the way through. Um, I will finish it eventually. I do love it. It's it's the only game that has like, really grabbed me in a long time. Um, it- it's just so interesting. And the the... The characters are great. There's a in Yakuza Like a Dragon, you fight against pandemic patients. That's like one of the classes yeah, of I, bad guys. I, I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean the storyline is is incredible too. They they really pack a lot in there. I, I am a big fan, but I have not finished it yet. Yeah, no, it was really great. Like I I actually took day after it came out off work so I could play it when it came out. <laughs> what one came out because today? I I got what? What what, what Yakuza? Came, oh, you just just to play it? Is there a new just one? Just to play it, like the latest one. No, no. When Like a Dragon came out, like back in oh. November, I took a day off of work to play it, <laughs> which is the first time I ever did anything like that. But yeah, no, it's really good, and a lot of people who were fans of the series were kind of like. Oh, I don't want to play the newest one because all the other ones are like kind of like beat 'em ups and they're not RPGs. So they're like, oh, this sucks. But I actually really like it. It's really different than the all, all the other ones. And like, if you play the other ones through, it's kind of like, all right, I'm beating up another guy again and another guy. But I like how I like what they did, and I like how they changed the the combat. So it's it's more interesting to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I was kind of disappointed because when after I played it, I was like, I'm going to play all these games. And then everybody was like, well, the rest <laughs> of the games are beat em up. And I was like, no, no, no. I like the RPG. I like an RPG with a gang member and with guns. It's really funny. It's like in Final <laughs> Fantasy, there's sword guns. But like in Yakuza, someone pulls uh-huh. out a real gun and fires you as like their magic attack. And like that is that is better to me. Yeah. And also they do a good job with like the uh if Final Fantasy 12 was one of my favorite battle systems um because it was like an active time type thing and basically you would uh-huh. just program your character. 
You could put in different, like you could put in different uh, programming for like if your health gets below fifty percent, heal yourself. You know, attack until their till their health is below whatever percentage. And the autoplay on Yakuza, I really like because in a lot of RPGs, when you are doing the dungeon crawling part and you're fighting like a rat for like the one thousandth time, uh-huh. it's like I don't, I just have to hit them with my fucking stick and they will die. So I like just be able to go into autoplay. And then once you get into the boss battles, it's way more intense and requires a lot more planning. Yeah, it's a, it's a great game. I actually never used I never used the autoplay before. Oh really? I mean, I actually, I did I played it without putting in autoplay. Yeah, I don't know why. Whenever someone's like significantly below my my uh, level, I just autoplay it and watch them beat the shit out of them and enjoy it. <laughs> I'm just like cheering on the side like it's a wrestling match. Yeah, I I I, I always play I play games with lots of combat in them, so I haven't. People always tell me I'm not going to like the Yakuza game. The older ones are just like, yeah, I don't know the older ones though. Do you think Brian could get into it? I think he could. Like a lot of them, especially like people will start to tell you to start with zero, which is probably the place to start. But um, a lot of the first few chapters are like really like really like I guess story and like cutscene heavy and they kind of like get you into the game but after that you kind of are like free to explore and do what you want but yeah it's it's all like combat based and you learn like new skills as you progress through the game and get experience and stuff yeah people tell me like I wouldn't like it and then I see stuff like an adult baby scene and I'm like it doesn't seem like the kind of video game I play. I like Hitman. Oh, you don't want an adult baby scene? That was a big sell for the adult babies came back in Yakuza. <laughs> and I drank a bottle of milk with them. Like they test you and they're like, "Hey, have a bottle of milk with us." And then I was like, "All right, I'll do it, I guess." <laughs> so I drank milk with the adult babies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in Yakuza 2, there's actually another adult baby scene. So they're actually in the game twice. See, like, I I mean, I'm like, the game I'm playing right now is Hitman. The new Hitman. Uh I like killing stuff. That is just my whole video game experience. And I do want to get to the point where I'm not playing a killing stuff game. Someday. So, maybe I just gotta... Maybe I just gotta pl- make the plunge to Yakuza, you know, the 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 non killing yeah. Yakuza, because uh, uh yeah, technically, technically I, you don't you never kill anybody. <laughs> yeah, I want to appreciate. I want to appreciate, but you never kill them. Yeah, I want to appreciate the art of like video games where I feel like you don't have to always just be killing something. I played Celeste. Which was really fun and not a killing game. It was running and jumping a lot. But I, I mean, the whole time, whenever I saw an enemy or something, I'd be like, oh, I'd love to kill that. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing about Yakuza, it has an incredible amount of reading. But then I also find myself not wanting to miss what I'm reading. Like the storytelling is really right. incredible. And, and apparently they base the character models after the voice actors. So they're, they're like really feel oh like fully God. fleshed people. And, uh, you know, in Like a Dragon, I think I said it before, but you, you wake up in a homeless encampment and one of your party members is a homeless guy. 
and, and you're dealing with like yeah. people that work in like uh, soap with the soap land, which is where guys pay to go get a woman, a pretty girl to go wash them down. Like, okay. those are your, those are the people that you're fighting with. And, and that's what I really enjoyed about it is like, I played through an incredible amount of like JRPGs with like medieval times weapons and shit. But the, the way, the way they modernized all this and the kind of open world atmosphere, like I spend a lot of time just racing the go karts are one of my favorite things to do. I also gamble yeah. like crazy. I will go beat the shit out of people all <laughs> night long and then just gamble it all away. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's like my Sims. It's just like, it's really, it's, it's really incredible. It's really open world. You can just, you can get it over with, um, or you can explore and the side quests are just so weird and, you know, there's like, you can operate, you can run a business, uh, you can play rhythm games, you can race cars, you can do batting cages. It's, it's so many games in one. It's kind of, you get out of it, however much you're willing to put into it, you know? Yeah. 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 So, uh, when I did you, tell you though, like, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. So I, when, when okay, did you start playing? Yeah. I, I've watched your collection grow over the, the past year or so, but when <laughs> did you get into it? I actually started playing in August. Okay. Because I was bored and I was online and I was like, should I buy Yakuza Zero? And somebody was like, yeah, you should do it. And I was like, okay, I'll buy it. And then I started playing it and I was like, holy shit, I need to play the rest of these games. <laughs> That's great. It's like racing for me where I just was like, yep, this is yeah. what I do now. Yep, all the time. <laughs> this is my new, th this is me. Um, also, calling off to play video games, one of the best feelings in the world. It's something I don't get to do since I've started the show. But uh, I remember Metal Gear yeah. Solid 2 came out. I skipped school to go buy it and so we could play it. Um, I remember all of the Madden games coming out and none of the people showing up to work. You know, it was there was always those days <laughs> when you knew something was coming out. Dota was coming out. So you're not going to see some employees on that day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've never been... And I, you know, Max Payne on the Xbox, Max Payne three, I got super into it and was like not doing my, uh, uh, I was in college at the time. I wasn't doing any of my work because <laughs> I was playing Max Payne. Which one? Uh, it's the one where he goes to Brazil and oh, stuff okay. on the Xbox 360. I was just obsessed with it. And uh, the Hitman games, I usually get kind of grabbed by, but it's starting to get warm outside. So, right. It might be a while before I finish Hitman 3, but uh, I love those fucking games so much. I love them, love them, love them. I'm already, I, I, I started it. I just, you know, once it gets warm out, I, I don't spend a lot of time indoors. Uh, it's a little thing I do. It's like, you know, the great outdoors. Yeah, I'm, I think that like giving yourself that time to enjoy video games. I had a real guilt built up about it. Um, like, oh, I wasted too much time doing that. But then it's like. I was making dinner and the whole time I was thinking about leveling up my character and like trying to serve dessert fast enough so I could rush downstairs and pick up the controller again. Like I shouldn't feel ashamed about having this much joy. I shouldn't feel bad about sinking all this time into this. It's like, it's the most, I haven't read a book since Corona fucking started, but Yakuza is a whole, I've read a whole goddamn book on those, on that PS4 screen for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I think. I think the Yakuza games are like books and, yeah. and I should like be able to appreciate that you know well you know it's funny i was actually talking with my therapist about like my newfound obsession with video games and she was like well you know since the coronavirus happened you know 
playing video games is kind of a sense of control because if everything around you is kind of out of control because you can't go places, people are getting sick and stuff, playing the video games is like, here's one thing I have control over. Right. Yeah, it's living without rules. So, and, like, oh, I feel better now. And in Yakuza, yeah, it is like, it's it's totally, you can do whatever you want. Like, if you want to go investigate, if you want to go in it, to, like, do jobs for the hero services, you can do that. If you just want to play through the story and get the main story and ignore everything else, like, it's it's completely up to you. It's incredible. It, re- yeah. it reminds me of Shenmue was the last game that I felt this way about. Because there was a moment in Shenmue where I was working a job at the docks and driving a forklift and was just like, how is this a video game? And why do every day I'm at school, all I'm thinking about is coming home and getting onto my shift at the docks so I can progress my character in Shenmue. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I got to try one. I'll try. I'll try Yakuza someday. Okay. I will. Okay. Uh, I promise. Oh, one more thing. Going going back to like you know how you mentioned the uh, a lot of the characters like modeled after their uh, voice actors. Yes. Okay, you should Google the guy who plays Nanba. His name's um, his name's Ken Yasuda. I swear to God, it's like one for one match. I saw it and I was like, holy fuck. Yeah, I started following him on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ. He's a really good. Technology's too far. Yeah, he's a really great follow. He has like a really good sense of humor and he goes in and out of like Yeah. He is like a personal life, but then he also gives you like the non-but content that you want, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and it is also it, it just really is surprise it just it's like saying something that's simply simple but is revolutionary to think like it's you can get sucked into a game when you know, you can this the voice matches the actual person, you know? Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in, Kelly. We appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm glad you're excited about Yakuza and you you got on the line. Is there any is there any place you want yeah. us to follow along, or the things we need to do, or or things you want to push? No, I don't have anything I want to push. Actually, okay. I'm a very non pushy person. <laughs> well, thank you. We appreciate right. it. We think you're great. Uh, have a good you're one. Welcome. Thank you. All right, you too. Peace. Bye. All right. Break time? Yeah, let's do this. Serene Valiente carried out her routine, hoping that in this experiment, never before tried in front of cameras, some psychic manifestations might appear.
Call 
the wings flying through the trees, and we in ropes to appear. We're back. This is Street Fight Radio, the call-in show. It's the ABC edition. Anyone but cis dudes, feel free to call in. We'd love to hear from you. You can call any other time as well. It's not just a one-night thing. Uh, that was Mind Control from Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, the, the first caller, Evan, is in the band, Mind Control. You can find them at mindcontrolpvd.bandcamp.com. And uh, the chat loves them. The chat says, uh, Max Shock says, love this song. Kudzu Garden Studio says, so beautiful. Jordan R says, this song, heart, heart. So I think it was a hit. The people like Mind Control. Mindcontrolpvd.bandcamp.com. Show them some love. Send them some money. And uh, if you're in the Providence area, go check them out live, you know, once we can get back to that, if you're fortunate enough to get vaccinated. Uh, we are taking calls tonight and until midnight. I think we've got enough people in the queue. We've been stretching these out. Uh, so if you're in the queue, we'll get to you. And... Are you ready to take calls, Brian? I am. Oh, also, just a clarification. Sorry, I, could, I asked you that right before. Uh, the Dave Ramsey episode is out. On Wednesday, I said it was, but I forgot we're releasing them on Friday. So the Dave Ramsey episode of Get Motivated is out. You want to hear it. You're not going to believe the information we found out by the end of the story. Me and Brian talked to Tom Sexton about motivational speakers, about Christianity, and about Dave Ramsey specifically for a very long time. And it was a lot of fun to do. And it was a wild fucking episode. Yeah. Yeah. This week we're doing uh, Tony Robbins with Kath Barbadoro. And if you want to hear those shows, they're available for $5 at patreon.com slash Radio. Uh, we're putting out premium content once a week, and that includes video as well. We do Shark Tanks and uh, Undercover Boss and The Food That Made America and lots of other fun things over at patreon.com slash streetfightradio. Get in there. Let's take these calls. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Oh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? What's your pronouns? Oh, is this me? Yes, it is. It's you. Oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't think I would get through. Um, well, you don't have to apologize. My name is Miranda. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I started to apologize again. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. Hey, what's in. going on tonight? And I was calling because I have um, a metric story. 
Okay. Uh, I don't know if you guys are still doing that, but I was listening to some old episodes. And I used to have like a super, well, I used to work at a church nursery for like fancy, like a rich people church where they actually pay people to watch their kids while they're upstairs or whatever. Wow. Um, I know, right? So weird. Well, I mean, I guess if it's there, you know, I mean, I, I would use it if I was at the church, you know, but normally that is like totally. a, that's a volunteer position, uh, which also probably isn't the best. Yeah, but it's also like when I was growing up going to churches, like the days you got to do the nursery instead of going to church was like, fuck, yeah, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I the, only, the few times I've been to church, I only had fun when I was a kid. And even then, that was not very fun. It's limited fun for sure. Yeah, but we always want to hear about metrics because uh, those control our lives. And they're only getting better at, at tabulating them. In the churches, too. So, like, when, when parents would drop off their kids, we would give them a pager. And they would... We would we had sort of like a standard like time limit. Like if your kid freaks out for this long, we'll page you. And if they wanted to like decrease it, we would. But it was like around like ten minutes if they just like go berserk for ten minutes. So that was like our metric. Like and I I honestly I don't know who knows. I was really good with babies at the time. I don't even know if I still have it, but I was like I would get the like uh, walkie talkie call from the toddler room and they'd be like, All right, we got a baby. We got eight minutes left. <laughs> you got to get in here and calm this baby down. Um, <laughs> That's the worst. Calming a baby down is the hardest thing in the world. Calming a toddler down, a little easier. I'm a big toddlers guy. I'm a fan of toddlers. I think babies. Yeah, you can talk. Go ahead. Yeah, you can talk to toddlers. Oh, You're just right. the same. Like with a toddler, you can be like, I'm going to go talk to mom. She's not going to be happy about this. And like, they'll be fine. <laughs> More fun and funny too. Toddlers are funny. You get a lot of. Totally. I mean, no matter what they look like or act like, it's like me and the kid, like, you know, our friends, babies, like we just sit and, and on Instagram and watch them like, God damn, look at that toddler. Like that's, I miss having a toddler sometimes, not enough to have I know, another right? toddler. I, mean, I don't have a toddler. I wish you could just like hang out with other people's toddlers. Cause I'm like, I know I'm good at it. I don't want one of my own. Yeah, like let me share this skill. I guess it's called babysitting, and I just don't do it anymore. Right, I can't have another one. I can't do another one. It's too much work. But holy moly, would I do anything just to hang with one? Just, I mean, we saw some of our friends' kids uh, uh, the other day, and it was or, or yesterday, and it was so exciting for for me because I was like, oh, look at the look at them go, just acting cute as a button, you know, and rambunctious <laughs> and rowdy. There's one point where they all climbed into this thing and we were getting a picture of them and they just started screaming. And I was like, that's the loudest thing I've heard in months. They climbed right into now. a tube and then started screaming as loud as they could. Yeah. That's the loudest thing I've learned in a very <laughs> heard in a very long time. Cause I had a 16 year old. They don't get very loud. Yeah, 16-year-old sounds are very, like, hunched shoulders, not very loud. Pissed off. Half the time pissed yeah. off. You're like, come on, you know? What What do you got to be mad about? You know what I mean? That's that's what I always think about with the 16-year-old. I'm like, what are you so mad about? 
You know, you don't have things to get mad about yet for another few more years. But I, I let it slide now because of COVID, you know, teenager during COVID. Yeah. I, I had a week. I had a week time the other day. I uh, uh, went on the New York Times site and they said parents of teens. Uh, uh, let pe- let us know what it's like raising a teen in COVID. And I almost sent something and I was like, nah, I don't want to. I don't want people to see my name in there. <laughs> you were going to write into the newspaper. I was going to write into the newspaper to just talk about like my feelings about how, what, like what it's like to have a teenager during COVID because it's such an odd time. Now having anything younger than a teenager sounds maybe like torture during this thing. So I'm kind of glad I have a teenager for this. Better than a toddler. It is. It is. A toddler would be making me insane every single day for this past year. Just asking you questions, controlling the TV. Because they control the TV. They do. That is a huge (laughs) issue. You know? It's like all we have to do now is TV, and it's controlled by this one person, and all they want to do is watch Hannah Montana. Yeah. (laughs) My, um, My daughter, for her eighth birthday, got a TV in her room. And it's the best thing that's ever happened to this house. It's only been 48 hours. <laughs> Maybe it's been a week now, but uh, she I don't have to watch any of the shit that she wants to watch anymore. It's funny because you'll say when the kid's born, you'll be like, you're never going to have a TV in your room. I'll right. never put a TV yep. in a kid's room. That's the wrong way to parent. And then after a few years, you really start to soften on that. After a few years of watching like whatever crap they're into because they're never into any, you're never just like, Oh, this is cool. You know, you're into, you know, you're into what I'm into. Yeah. Charlie watches some neat stuff. I am impressed with some of the cartoons she likes, but that's only a 10% of what she watches. Yeah. Yeah. What are the cartoons you're impressed with? She watches this one called Kipo. That's pretty good. It's a, it's kind of like a dystopian thing where this society that lives underground after some, event happened on the surface and they're like exploring the new world and everything that's a good one uh she-ra is, is it, she-ra is really good um and i teach animation to autistic kids so i'm like writing all of this down <laughs> yeah and, and steven steven it- universe is still a greatest of all time it, it's such an incredible creation that like i, I mean you can watch it uh, several times over and get so many different ideas from it. It covers things in a very subtle way, in a very smart way. Me and Brian talk about, you know, the cartoons that were made for us was like, we want to sell this toy. Let's make a cartoon out of this toy. Uh, She-Ra is more about relationships. I think it's just a show about relationships, which is what you want from prestige TV or any sort of live action animated movie or live action movie or, or, or TV series. Uh, but it's just about the way that people interact and the boundaries. It's it's an interesting show. I, I mean, I, I, I'm I impressed by it. Damn. I'll check it out. Thank you. Gwen got us into American I Horror don't... Story 1984 last night. I would get into that. I mean, I'm waiting. My daughter is almost there. She loves Wednesday Adams. She loves all black clothing. She's going to be so goth. And it's going to be me and her in the living room while her mom is upstairs when we're watching horror movies. And I'm, I'm ready for that. Yeah, Gwen's been watching all of American Horror Story. And then she got to the slasher season. And she was like, oh, you guys like slashers. Do you want to watch this season with me? We watched six episodes like in a row. It was it's it's 
I don't know. I might watch more American Horror Story now. That slasher season is something else. They like, they really went for it. You yeah, know? yeah. It's very weird. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Oh, I love talking about what? kids. <laughs> kids are the best. I don't want to take up too much of you guys' time. So I'm like, if I could do just a quick plug, I'm totally ready to bounce. Do it. Sure. Sorry. Go yeah, for it. Not a problem. Um, so the, well, I guess a good plug is my husband's band, her marigold, Google it. They're amazing. But then I'm, I'm an artist and I'm working on a project just sort of spreading the word about cis male breastfeeding. I just thought I'd throw that out there. There's like a lot of anecdotal evidence that says that like, um, even cis men can breastfeed. So I'm trying to like, I'm just sort of making an art project about that, trying to get the word out. Okay. Well, how do you feel about shaving though? Do I have to shave? I'll do it if I don't have to shave. I don't think so. Like, I mean, if it's, you know, like what's a baby care, you know? True. They're not going to know any, they don't have any preference when it well, comes to Well, they can't say anything anyway. So it's going to yeah. be like, whatever. You know, oh, yeah. All, All right. right. Well, I'm into it. Where go? Is there a site or anything or just Google it? Yeah, just Google it. Just know it. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Thank you guys. Have a great night. You too. Yeah, man. We we're we're watching this 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 slasher season. It takes place in like 1984, and this group of teenagers goes to a camp where a bunch of murders happened in the 70s. Tight. And, That's fun. Uh, they're trying to reopen the camp, and it. It goes wild, man. <laughs> Sounds good. I mean, I might check it out. Yeah, it's very I mean, fun. something after Warrior. It's very fun because it's very fucking true to form. And instead of like uh, uh, objectifying women like they did in those other movies, they objectify men. So like, there's all these aerobic scenes with all these like hot dudes, like wow, pelvic thrusting Thrust and dancing, <laughs> and the woman's running it, and there's like a guy with a huge hog in it that like they keep showing the outline of his hog, and he talks about like uh, that's uh, pretty cool. It's very weird. It's very funny. That it, sounds cool. It cracked me up. It really fucking made me laugh. Yeah, because I I didn't notice it right away because it was just like ah, it's just like. You know, it's like a horror show. And, and then I was like, you know, there haven't been, there's like a, a shower scene, but it's the dudes yeah. and not the women. There haven't, I was like, there hasn't been any like objectification of women in this. You know, that's usually what these movies like, are. And then all of a show. sudden I was like, oh my God, it's men. They're doing it with men. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even notice. It's yeah. incredible though. It sounds good. Yeah. I'll check it out. Fun. I'll tell you some about it when, when we get off the air. Cause I don't want to like spoil it for people and i won't spoil it for you uh. but it's very weird yeah adventure time was i think the one that my daughter got into early on she also likes summer camp island but i think that there's a moment of pride in me that she likes these shows that kind of have adult humor in them you know she's watching because they're animated but they're also addressing adult things and it's like that's how i felt too like if i watch ren and stimpy or spongebob or whatever that it's like they're making jokes for grown-ups here too right you know, there's more than just fucking making kids zone out yes yes absolutely all right thanks for calling street fight who are we talking to tonight what's your pronouns howdy uh hey uh sunshine um she her but not hers um and yeah uh there was so much like during these calls that i wanted that i want to respond to is 
really fun listening to everybody. Yeah, um, we got time. Let's see what's up. Put you on speakerphone. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Ooh, I wanted to tell you, Brian, that like you can feel comfortable like setting boundaries with people or or speaking up for when you don't feel safe. Really, like, and also with your daughter for getting a job, like, teach her how to, like, spin that shit, like, in the other direction instantly. My one friend was so good when people would hit out, hit on her at the cash register, be like, she would literally ask them with a flat face, like, does that ever work for you? And just, like, and they would just, like, stop and, like, shut up because they realized how stupid they were being, you know? Yeah. So, like, teaching people skills of, like, responding to that stuff is, is so, I think it's really empowering and cool yeah i i mean her not having a job is partly about the harassment i don't want like 23 year old dudes in charge of her like that like like i just don't want to put her in that situation but it's also because like you know she's 16 you're only gonna be 16 once and uh Mm -hmm. might as well let them just have fun the whole time don't rush them into adulthood like that is how i felt like it was just like my parents made me work i hold it against them because i worked a lot of time that i could have been spending having fun i mean i had money because i worked but i was you know you work friday and saturday night like what those are the two nights off that you get from school and stuff and i just you know i just i feel like she has so so much time there's so much time to work after you graduate high school that I was just like, and I feel like she'll have the comp, maybe have more confidence at 18, 19 years old than she does now when, when you're still figuring the world out and stuff. I hear you. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I was just like, I heard you saying that earlier and I was like, Oh, you know, it's okay. I was just like thinking about that, you know? Um, yeah. No, I, I get, I also get what you're saying. I, I, I actually, I like understand what you're saying too. It's like learning those lessons of how to like, like, uh, uh, assert yourself in those situations and stuff can also be good. But it, it was just like, it was something that like when I was in college, I learned a lot about teenage delinquency and stuff like that. And it was just like one of the big one of the big determinants of that is if they work because they're hanging around older people. And then you hear about like the way that like the, the management treats like teen girls that work for them. And I was just like, she shouldn't have to go through that now. You know, I, I can, I can give her money. It's fine. How much do they really need? You know? (laughs) Totally. Cool. Um, and then I was also thinking about like something that the, as in the first caller said, and I just want to say that, like, I hope that sometime in the future, like they, like, we don't have to, like, people are comfortable without like thinking about what another person's gender is. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. Um, no, I thought the same thing or, actually, or right. When, when we're using the restroom, I think the edible hit right. And I was like. It only it matters in like medical situations, I guess. If someone like to to if they have to operate or work on that, but in social situations, like it's not relevant at all. Yeah, I, unless I, and then that also brought up like the points that Brian was making about marriage, and and it is such like um, the only reason that like it seems relevant 
to me, like as far as like this, I hate the state, so I don't want to get married under the state. But um, the benefit of like being able to see someone in like a medical situation mm-hmm. and like having, you know, you can basically get a power of attorney from what I understand of it to get around that so that you can like, you know, if you care about a partner and however many partners someone might have right, to like have a relationship like that. So anyways, those were things I was reflecting about while listening to the other callers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, I mean, the even going back to the, the caller we just had with the uh, the youth, um, I, they, they have a completely different idea of the world. I, I, I don't think that, like, there's enough of us, but I just think that they're not going to get rid of, they're not going to get rid of these turn of events that have happened, you know, with social media and phones and the way that we've all connected and become more open with each other, you know? It, like even that fucking dumbass Glenn Greenwald was trying to be a piece of shit this week about uh, people, you oh. know, lesbians becoming trans and all of this stuff. And it's like, oh, what are you no, doing? What are you, do you have a spreadsheet at home? Do you keep a spreadsheet on how people? What does it matter? What does it concern you? <laughs> there were, like yeah, more boys probably wanted to paint their fingernails than we ever fucking knew before. You know, like then we're finding that out right now. You know, like we're finding things out and people are allowed to be themselves and we're not even close because there's so many goddamn bigots. And like Brian said, there's people that want to hound you. They're the pizza delivery person. You you sign your fucking receipt MX and they're like, what does that mean? And like, I'm non-binary. Oh, well, do you really believe that you aren't, you don't have certain traits based upon your genitalia? Oh my God. You know, they're like, just people will go off on you all the time about shit like that. <laughs> uh, it's insane. I hate it. And for that one, they, they just can't, they just, it's, uh, it's some sort of, it, it, it's related to the mask thing. It's related to the vaccine. It's this matter of just people that aren't willing to accept someone else for who they are or, or how, what they won't believe them that that's who they want to be. You know, it's, it's absurd. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that is the thing is like, it just shouldn't even fucking matter. You know, it like it, it, you shouldn't you, you, all the information in the world's out there. It's like when I post something on uh it's like when I post something online that is referencing something and then 15 people ask, what's this from? And you're like, Google it. You'll yeah, find, find it. it. It's, it's right there. there. It's on the internet. Like, don't look like you're out of touch. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're looking foolish. Look it up. If I see a post and I see the same verbiage you ain't used over and over again, I search Twitter for that verbiage to find out where it came from. Yeah. I don't just ask somebody where it's from. And it's the same thing when it comes to like non-binary people. Like if you're a person that encounters a non-binary person, I mean, all the information's pretty much out there. You can just go look that up. You don't have to debate them on what their existence is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm really glad to, like, see that, you know, people having, like, open discussions of, like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to tell you my pronouns so that we can, like, move past that and just start being humans together again sometimes, like, in full, formal or semi-formal or, like, sometimes casual circumstances. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, the only other thing I wanted to talk about um, was I wanted to shout out the mean TV um, twelve or prison the prison in twelve landscapes on mean TV. I just subscribed and I'm so 
I'm only like 20 minutes into this doc, hour and a half documentary. Um, but it's a prison abolition is a really big part of my life and I'm, I'm stoked to see more, you know, people discussing it or, or content about it or whatever. Um, I, don't, I don't know yeah, what, what's prison in 12 land, landscapes. It's a documentary on mean TV. Well, you know, you're making me look bad. Yeah, you're making that. us look bad. I didn't see it. You know, we're we're busy making means TV TV shows, right? Oh yeah. yes. Yeah. I, well, I wanted to also call in and like, so what's what's going on? When am I? I'm, I'm very excited. So I'm. We're know, not going to give you dates looking anymore. Looking forward to see you guys. I know, I know. But we are, we um, are, we are in product. We're in pre-production, and it's all written. All of it's done. It just has to be filmed, and it turns out that's, first of all, when it's me and Brett are in charge, we're the, like, bosses, uh, and we've never made a TV show before. We're not the <laughs> bosses. We're not the bosses now. We do have producers now, uh, but, you know. That's the only reason it's going to work is because we're not in charge anymore. Yeah, we have producers now, and they're working, and they're pushing us <laughs> towards the time. It was, we were, it, it's sort of that thing like uh without going too much into it it's sort of that thing where it's like uh uh you do your part and then you're just like well let the chips fall where they may <laughs> and then like people have to bring you back in to to the project and we're, we're we are very much working on it and uh i i think it'll be out this year i do i yeah, really I feel it, it that will. way well, i feel like it will be filmed before the summer well i'm supposed to see it when it comes out it's going to be we, nutty. I yeah. can tell you one thing. It is a comedy show and it is the only com like it is on a very unique to street fight brand of comedy. I can say that. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it. Essentially the difference is is that it's like me, Brian and Nick are friends with each other and it's very hard to tell your friends to work harder. It's very hard to tell your friends you're not doing enough. And there's not enough people involved. You know, we're all willing to work the extra time. We're all willing to do the sweat equity. Um, but it, it's very hard to yeah. get anything done with that because, you know, if this was a TV show with a million, if it was a million dollar budget, like it would be right on track, you know, but we're trying to stitch together totally. something, you know, we don't ever get, we don't get any money. We don't get like PragerU money. We don't get coke brother money we don't get any sort of dark money um, but we do have an executive producer <laughs> what's the show that you like how to with john wilson she worked for how to with john wilson which is on hbo max and it's like a very very funny show and it's very weird which matches her up perfectly with what we have written <laughs> and so we do actually have somebody that has made a tv show involved uh that's willing to plot out everything for us and um make it into something digestible because like me and Brian are absolutely like Brian, we're absolutely useless when it comes like, I don't know how to get this on video. I have this really funny idea and we could put on costumes, but totally. if I record stuff with a video, it looks terrible. Cause I'm not good at that. Yeah. yeah. Getting that, that is a, that's a good point too. Yeah. We don't think visually we've been doing a podcast mm -hmm. for 10 years and all of our writing has been, you know, 
all of our writing has been for audio. So like making a TV show is this whole different thing where you like, you know, we'll, I'll write something, but me and Drew and me and Simone and me and Brett broke out and writes, wrote stuff. But in the end, there was always questions about what it would look like. And I was like, I don't know. Just make it look like something. You know what I mean? You need a $10,000 camera to make it look like a TV show. Right. And, you know? But I'm saying it's like $60 an hour of editing to get things looking like a TV show. And know? I'm also saying like just even the fact that you're just like you're you write something. You're like, no, it's very funny. Well, you know, we did a meeting about the first episode last week. And uh, we had to explain some of the sketches. And we're like, no, it's just funny. You know what I mean? <laughs> which which you just think, like, and, and it's so weird, this idea of writing TV. Because, like, you, you sequester yourself away with a few people. There's four of us writing on the show. And you, you develop a sort of language when you're talking to each other. You also develop an idea of what you four think is funny and you write with that idea you know it, it was uh, drew spears and simone norman wrote this show with us and we would get in a call and the four of us would just talk and like it would it would make very it would be like no that's that's like a really funny idea that really works and then you expand on it but then when somebody else reads it yeah you have to take because we're not descriptive visually we have to sort of be like hey you know i was thinking it would look like this even though we didn't write that you know what i mean yeah i think julia is her name and and the the thing was like after going through the script she's like so what's this script about and like i would read it and the whole time it's just like when you've ran over something that you've done like a hundred times when you add when you did the rough draft and when you <laughs> edit it and then you turn to the final draft you're like this is stupid like because you're not hearing it for the first time but the stuff that we say is shocking yeah. and weird and different so when new people hear it they're going to get that reaction but from our side of the fence it's like this is the same old bullshit I put out, you know, for 10 hours a week online, it, it feels like. But she had a really good reaction. It was like, oh, that's funny. That's funny. Like, she said some things that made, like, calmed me down. Like, all right, I feel good about explaining what, what we're doing with this skit here, you know, because it's it, it, it's just, uh, it's hard to, to it, it, I don't know, it, it's hard. It's so vulnerable to put yourself out there because we've been in charge of things for a very long time. So when you take it to somebody else and you know there's a lot of money on the line, I have a, a sense of anxiety about it, I guess, where I, I, I'm like, I, I want this to be like an all-star thing. I want this to be my best effort. I don't want you to take a chance on me with like, I just woke up and, and shitted something out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we really, me and Brett have been writing for a very long time together and we know what we think is funny and, and we know how to make that happen it, or, or how to do shows. And it was something you have to get over when you tour. Like we were touring there near the end. Like when we, so when we first started doing live shows, we did one a month and we did different material every month. We never did the same show. And then when we started doing five gigs in a row, that was an unsustainable model. So we had to start <laughs> performing a set for people because we were performing, you know, a lot more. And uh, um, the jokes 
it is the hardest thing about doing comedy like this, like TV or doing something on stage is not hating your material after you've heard it. Cause you've heard it. I've heard the right. joke. It, the jokes happen in my head first and jokes rely on surprise. The stuff that makes yeah. me laugh on TikTok is someone out of nowhere, bust me over the head with some hilarious thought. But if I generated the thought, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. That was just natural, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But to just to sum it all up, it will be here soon. We think it's filming in like two months. We yeah, think. May is the planned date for to start filming. Yeah. So, well, um, yeah, those were, I just wanted to call in and, and say hey, and that I've been listening for like five years and uh, the street fight, we're going to flatten the ferris, guys. I'm, I'm stoked. All right. all right. Have a great night. Thanks I for agree. calling. Yeah, oh, appreciate it. Uh, oh, Go for it. I'm, I'm, my partner keeps reminding me to um, say that my Twitter is Strayshine. Um, and if anybody wants to follow me there, I, I retweet and, and share like um, prison updates, uh, generally specifically in Oregon, but um, all over too. You know, I, lo- I love talking. I see a bunch of abolition, uh, the, you know, abolitionist Twitter or Twitch handles in the chat, and that, that gets me really stoked. All right, awesome. have a great night, guys. Have a great night. Twitter.com slash Trayshine. Yeah, um, well, that was great. I mean, I love it when it gets to talk about ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think no, people do wonder about the TV No, show. we should talk about it. I and mean, we don't talk about it very much because I think me and you both are kind of like, well, we thought it was going to be out sooner. And, uh, but this is the process for well, and the concept stuff. Yeah. The concept also changed. Yeah. The the original concept was going to be a talk show that was literally just us sort of talking with maybe one or two sketches. Now I can tell you for sure that what you're getting is sketches and talk. Like you're getting a total you're getting like a pretty even mixture of sketch, talk, uh music, sketch, me and Brett riffing, music, and also interviews with our friends and stuff like that. So you're getting a whole bunch of different stuff now. And we had to write, but like, so when we were first talking about doing it, we were going to film it every week and that was going to be the plan. And we were going to be able to keep up with the news. But then when we decided we were going to film all the episodes uh, ahead of time, which is a better way and makes the show that we're doing 10 times better. Uh, uh, then we had to write the shows. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then Nick had to figure out some of the production stuff because when you're reading scripts by people that have never written a TV show, they're going to have stuff in them that, you know, maybe doesn't make sense or they're going to be missing stuff. So we had to learn how to write first, but our writer's room, we had to learn how to run that and how to make that happen. We had to find the writers and it just was a, it was like a, uh, uh, some of the things ended up just coming up later on that, that pushed it back but it is happening it is coming it is done i mean like we know what is going to be in it we just don't know what it's gonna look like yeah but i'm also happy now that the switch to like instead of me sharing google documents with people folks have to share them with me because like if i'm in charge of the spreadsheet we're not doing this like i'm not going to throw this thing over my back and drag it over the finish line I'm not confident and I, I shouldn't be. I, I'm not in the, this isn't my realm. So now that I'm punching in information to somebody else's spreadsheet into Julia's spreadsheet, I feel like accomplished now. I feel like 
They know what a shooting schedule looks like. They know what has to happen. They're breaking all of the, the because it is also, it's like, oh, I want to do this thing. It's like, what are you going to wear? And it's like, do you have those clothes? Do you have that wig? Do you have that environment? Do you have that, you know, do you, do you have the extras? Do you, do you have all these things in place? And it's a lot to keep track of that we're not, and no, but no two people could ever do that. Well, no two people could ever make a TV show and especially us, like two people that have never done it. Right. Uh, uh, could, you know, can't do it. So All we right. did it. Next call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? And what's your pronouns? Oh, hi. Hey, what's up? Um, my pronouns are she, her. Um, and I'd rather not say my name to, so it's not attached to this, uh, to the story I want to tell, I guess. That's fine, Terry. No, no problem. You're Terry then. That's Terry's name. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm nervous. Sorry. <laughs> um, you sound great. You're not, your teeth aren't, you can't, I can't hear your teeth chattering and you aren't unintelligible. <laughs> so you're doing great so far. Yeah. So I wanted to tell this crazy work story that happened to me. I've been like, <clears throat> I'm kind of reaching a better place after like a year of recovering from this like crazy burnout. <clears throat> but the way that it happened is like uh, kind of one of, it's like one of those things that happens and there's like a before and an after of your life around that like event. And yeah, uh, life is so yeah. a lot of life is chapters. We just talked, me and Brett recently had a conversation. Uh, it might have even been on the show, but there is a, there is a moment. It, it was on a show last week. There is a moment in my life where something happened. I got robbed and it changed. It completely radically redirected my life in a way that I could have never seen coming. So believe me, I know the feeling. Yeah. I, I've also been in miserable, yeah. I've been in miserable relationships for several years. And then you're like, those three years didn't count. I was miserable then. Like, I want to be different now. I'm not going to be like that all the time. It was only because I had this job or because I was hanging out with these people that I was like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I also, I also feel like this is kind of what, like, I mean, I was, my politics were always kind of left-leaning, but this was kind of the, like, <laughs> just totally off the deep end, like, radicalizing moment too so i'm i'm a i work in tech and i do development type stuff but also like creative type stuff because i started doing that back when like being like a tech unicorn i guess was kind of like the annoying cheesy thing to do yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so i finally got this job and i was so excited about it because i was the first developer hire and i was going to have complete control the team was um like a research and development team. So we didn't actually make money. So I had even more control over what I got to do. I was just really excited about it. And so because I was the first developer hire, my boss was like the vice president of the team at this like huge company. Okay. So um, I'm going along and I get to do this. Like I'm really excited because the first project I get to do is for pride. So I also just like personally care a lot about it. And um I'm like putting all this extra time in because it's something I care about. And I also like doing that work. And after a while, my boss, who's supposed to be helping me here and there, just kept on dropping the ball. <laughs> and I'm just like trying to ignore that it keeps happening. But it was getting to the point that I, I wasn't 
I would be working something like 80 hours a week, like just trying to get this project done, pulling multiple all nighters in a row. And like, as you get older, like that really messes you up. Like, uh, yeah, we, I was getting like sleep paralysis and <laughs> yeah, we exploit, we, we, we treat that as an exploitable trait for young people. It's not good for them, even though they can survive it. But yeah, definitely at this point in my life, I don't have that energy in me. Yeah. Yeah. So I finally just like lose it and I'm like, uh, what is going on? Like, where is my boss? Um, I've, you know, worked every weekend, blah, blah, blah. And project manager pulls me aside and she like tells me that I'm not allowed to tell anyone. Um, but he had been diagnosed with cancer. And so he was, (laughs) wow, that took a turn. I was just about to talk shit. I'm so glad I held my tongue. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you'll get to talk shit surprisingly. Don't worry. So the, uh, I, then anytime I like he drops the ball or people are getting mad at him, I feel like I know this like secret and I know why he's struggling. So I'm defending him left and right. And like, it was just, it was just so awful. And so then after, so sorry, just to stop you real quick. Um, so you're talking about like emails, communications, like everything is getting bottlenecked with your boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm basically doing his job. We right. even hired a junior developer at one point, and so then I was doing his job, my job, and training this really junior person. And <laughs> so um, it gets to the point that he, like, they pull me aside, and he's going to, uh, he's quitting. He put in his notice to quit because I guess his cancer was, like, not uh, recovering and or, like, he was going to have to go to some, he was going to have to move to Connecticut or something like that to be near this specific doctor for this rare cancer. Okay. And I'm, so I'm like really upset. <clears throat> and, um, I, it's getting to his last week and I'm, I'm I like, I think my boss is going to like fucking die. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm training his, or I'm helping him teach his replacement. Um, and then all of a sudden he just, he just, the last week stopped showing up and I'm like, okay, <laughs> now I'm like <laughs> training somebody to be my boss. I'm doing his job. Like what is going on here? What? Um, and apparently he was like the re- his reason for not coming in the last few days was that he was in the emergency room. So I dropped it again. Sure. And then on the very last day, um, uh, the project manager calls me like freaking out because she just, found out from HR that they had got an anonymous phone call that said that my boss had lied about having cancer at his last job and that he was doing it again. Oh (laughs) no. My mom might've done that. (laughs) Oh no. Might have back in the day. (laughs) Yeah. Brian's mom did do that. She did. She did. Oh really? Yeah. Yes. But, but only for, um, but only, but for like, uh, um, she loves like being the center of attention during a disaster. You know, like when we go to wedding or funerals, she's like, it's like, we always are like, look how lit up she is right now. Just having the time of her life, you know, just mis- in misery. And, uh, yeah, she, she, uh, uh, she pretended to have cancer, uh, took up a collection at work for some money. And then my dad had to go give it back. 
uh, he was like, no, you can't pretend to have cancer and collect donations at your work. And he uh, took the money and gave it back because she like wasn't even telling him what was going on. It's just uh, my mom's wild. I'm just going to tell you right now. My mom <laughs> is a little bit wild. Wait, so I'm just saying I have experience with that. Didn't she drop have him drop him off and she went somewhere else, right? What? Did she have him drop him off, drop her off at work and go somewhere else? Probably. I don't know if she oh, really I'm did a- that. Uh, no, she drove. She just drove to work. She just drove to work every day, but didn't go to work because she said she was having cancer stuff? No, she was going to work. Oh, but just was fighting through cancer the whole time. She was fighting through cancer because it was just sort of like everybody was like, oh, man, that's right. a bummer that you have cancer. And she, and she was just like, it was powering her up. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's funny because I, at one point, I it did dawn on me that like, like if I find out I got cancer, like why would I still go to work? So it did it it did cross my mind at one point too because we would have like happy hours and stuff all the time, and he would be getting drunk, and I was just like, I do remember wondering like, <laughs> are you supposed to be drinking alcohol while you're on chemo? Or, yeah. <laughs> like I don't want to ask. Did he like <laughs> shave his head and stuff? No, 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 no. And this was. So, but once again, we're talking. Brian's mom did this at some branch of some sort of place. But this uh, was- buddy at, uh, at the phone company. The phone company lost okay. her job at the phone company for that little game. This was the VP of the company uh, of the team. Yeah, he was like one level below, like the C suite of like a billion dollar company. Oh, wow i mean incredible. it is like here's the fucking thing though it's the same thing we've said with calling into work saying your grandma died or something i'm mean, technically if you can like get away with it it's kind of like people will lay off of you at work you know like yeah. i think that's yeah. really i don't but think everybody people else do suffers it. right i'm saying that i don't think people do it to get days off work necessarily. I think they do it because like there are people that power up from misery. You know what I mean? There's like people that like just every time my mom calls me every single time she gives me a litany of bad news. That is it. Nothing, nothing positive ever come. It's always like, well, my friend, uh, he was one of my best friends and he's dead um died real nasty too real nasty death you know and and like she'll talk about just like oh you know i need to tell you uh, how fucked up i need to tell you how fucked up everything is and then like at the end of the call like i'm like beaten i'm like world beaten you know what i mean and then i hang up but i know that she's shining in her house so i'm like okay I mean, if that's what it takes to make her feel good, as long as she's not like ripping people off anymore and like that, I'm fine. It's whatever. But like, there are people like when you ask why he would come to work, it's like maybe he even just felt like I can't carry. I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? No, it's an erratic decision. But also Also a second time. That's the fucking other thing. I was going to say, he's a catch me if you can to me. The other thing is, is like, I, that was, I thought that was as bad as it could possibly get. And like, now that this secret was out, that it couldn't possibly get worse. Like, it was going to get better. But I, like, that's the thing is like, the trail you leave behind is like, I had a, 
what happened to me after that event was way worse <laughs> than having a boss lying about cancer event because I mean first of all that's just such a crazy lie I it was hard for me to accept that somebody would say it because like at that at the level and, too can I ask how old you were at the yeah. time and how old he was um I was 30 uh, well just about to turn 30 and I guess he is probably like in his 40s Ooh, uh, see, early 40s maybe. i think like that's another thing is like when you get one of these jobs you know we talk shit endlessly about management and the people above you at work but when you are at work when you are sitting at your desk you do think that the people above you have it together in a way where you're just like that you know yeah there's no fucking way that the vp of the company would be would it's like just so out of the realm of possibility that they would do something so erratic yes it, so wild that's what know? i'm the, the well, finesse I mean, of that is like you have to work your way to v like people won't trust you to be people don't just trust any old employee to to head up a department right. well this so is, they got to that level and they were like no everybody else at this level is fucking off anybody that is under the c-suite <laughs> is fucking off so what i'll do is i'm not going to work for the next six months i'll vacation i'll play table tennis and then i'll find another job and repeat the process i'm donezo yeah. with with any sort of uh responsibilities like you don't have to show up anymore you know yeah. but you're using you're using every single employee under you and their stress and like you said to think like well i can't ask somebody with cancer to do anything at all really yeah it's yeah. the it's the manipulation of the whole thing that's bad he's also i mean the other thing about this guy is this is something we touched on on uh uh the wednesday show the the uh basement show last week where it's like i talked about somebody i knew growing up who who lit her car on fire twice you know what i mean uh yeah yeah to to claim insurance money got caught the second time because it's like fuck it this just happened yeah. five years ago you right. know and like we talked a long time ago about this guy who pretended to be a dea agent to get free rooms at the uh fairfield inn in gatlinburg tennessee gollywood basically and he got caught you know and it was like he could have quit at any time and then he ended up getting busted by the fucking dea it wasn't like he got caught by the hotel he's going to jail for impersonating an officer and it's like i think a lot of times and this guy is a good example is that like some people find a trick a shortcut something that is so like appealing something that takes all of that pressure and everything that you're under somebody finds that and they find a shortcut to just kind of go around that yes. and they can't stop doing it it's like an addictive behavior it's it's a it's a yeah. uh, you know so somebody, he was like i can push all my work off to other people and i don't really have to do anything and nobody will ever expect anything from me and then he got another job and i'll bet you for a couple months he was like oh this is this is a lot harder than my last job where i told everybody i had cancer maybe i'll just tell people i have cancer again you know yeah it's it's like the person <laughs> yeah. that would pretend to be in a wheelchair to get to the front of like a roller coaster line you know, it's like, you don't do, you can't do that. Yeah. And, no, and it is the way, the way that we discovered that, or the, I wanted to confirm it. So the way that I like kind of confirmed that he was lying is I, I'm pretty proud of my 
like social media stalking skills. Okay. <laughs> and I, I went digging and I found his, uh, I found his Instagram account and then scrolled back until I found like his a picture of him tagged with his brother. And then I went to his brother's Instagram and, and was going through his tagged photos. And the week that he was supposed to be training the new, my new boss, uh, he was actually at his own wedding um, <laughs> what the god? That is wild too. <laughs> See, that is just. And so I started liking all the pictures. <laughs> Ooh, that's and, fun. Uh, <laughs> so no, that's a good move. That I know you. He he got a sleepless night because of that. He deleted his LinkedIn, which is how I know that he knows. And um, but I, yeah. So he. What I realized when it dawned on me, though, that I was like getting really screwed over here, um, I started looking into it more and realized that he also had messed up. Like he didn't fix part of my contract that we, I negotiated mm. for my title to be actually senior. And I was actually in the system as just like an associate developer this whole time. And then I was like asking around and found out that my pay was so low compared to people with the senior title. So whoa, fuck I, that guy. Uh, so I was like, I we were about to start this huge project. It was our first paid project, and it's ironic because it was not only our first paid project; it was like a million dollar project, and we only got the project because of spec work I did, and they didn't they didn't tell me that my work won us that project. Wow. I wasn't getting any credit for that. And I was also, though, the only person that had the skills to make it because we had really proprietary software and stuff going on. So they wouldn't be able to hire somebody else fast enough. <clears throat> and um, so I threatened to quit. I was like, you're going to fix yeah. my title. You're going to fix my pay. You're going to get back yep. pay. Or like, I'm getting a fucking lawyer. Um, and it it made them so angry. And... Um, the, the other kind of twist too, is like, I was actually on the side part-time teaching a class that was kind of like an internship class with my job too. So I also had this like class of like college students that were kind of connected to this too. Mm -hmm. So I felt really protective of them. <clears throat> and so, uh, they negotiated with me that, uh, or they gave me it in writing that my stuff would be fixed, but it wouldn't be fixed in, for like six months. But it oh. did include like back pain and stuff. So I was like, oh. okay, but I'm really skeptical. <laughs> I'm really skeptical about this, but I don't want to let these like college students down. And I have it in writing. Um, it can't possibly get worse, right? <laughs> so I, I kept going and I did this project. And, but the fact that I threatened to quit made everybody, all of management, like so mad at me and so right. skeptical of me and all this stuff. You got Target so on your back. That led to, <laughs> yeah, it led to months of like, really intense harassment like um and i know that like hr was like monitoring my email and stuff because sometimes Christ. i would message somebody asking for help and they would just stop talking to me one day and i would get emails from hr answering the questions i asked or like Whoa. uh <laughs> when i would anytime that i would meet with somebody in private to like talk about what was going on they would like that person would get pulled aside by management and they would like demand to know what i was talking to them about so then even people that were my friends, like they stopped talking to me at work. Um, and so like, yeah, it got, way, it got way worse. But then 
And I was also like just really scared too because you know I I grew up in the middle of nowhere in, from Indiana actually, <clears throat> so I'm coming to this like huge place, and I yeah. think it's gonna like gonna be like wow, I'm like the one that made it, you know? <laughs> yeah, and you still be- and, uh, you still believe in permanent records. You still believe that somehow <laughs> whatever you do here is going to transfer to all the your other jobs and they're going to call in and find out that you weren't a good sport after the cancer faker, you know? like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it ended up working out in that, like, I mean, this is kind of also just out, another reason I wanted to call in and tell the story, too, is, like, I didn't know how, to, how do you get out of a situation like that, and so, like... <laughs> I like to try to tell people these tips when I feel like I hear somebody's like burning out or something like that, because I feel like we don't take it seriously enough. Like it affected my like physical health too. <laughs> like, yeah, just really bad. So, um, some things I learned, uh, were like, well, I was lucky to already have been going to like a psychiatrist. So like, it's really, if you feel yourself burning out and you go get mental health care is like, just the best first thing to do because if nothing else, like I had months of this documented by a doctor. So um, that could really help me out. And he knew a lot about, you know, like employment law and like health. So at his suggestion, and it was only with his help that I was able to take an FMLA leave. And there's a lot of stuff I didn't know about FMLA. Like I'm not married. I don't have kids, but like you don't, it's not, even though the word family is in it, it can be any major health issue, even if that's like PTSD or something like that. That's so, great. And then when your when your doctor, they have like a special form they have to send to your work, and they're not allowed to question it. Is they just have to let you go on this leave? If your doctor <laughs> and, says uh, it has to happen. Yeah. Yep. And it can be immediate. <clears throat> so that got me out of the situation, and then I ended up finding an employment lawyer, and I got the the like sad, most satisfying thing was it was on my 30th birthday I got to send like this like I wasn't really like I never ended up suing but like I got to send this like really threatening like three page long letter from a lawyer <laughs> to like the CEO of a billion dollar company yeah. on my 30th birthday and just be like fuck you did you, get your, did you get any, did your back pay <clears throat> yeah I actually ended up getting a lot more than it ever worked out. <laughs> it's <laughs> it, funny. I I, sure. yeah. I do want to say, because of last week when we talked to the guy who sent a, uh, to the guy who, who his boss sent him a dick pic and we were talking about how like he could have said, he could have like replied, what's this after it? And like really just sent the boss spiraling. You know what I mean? So you, you going and liking <laughs> all of the posts fucking is so great because you just that as a guy that suffers with anxiety like high anxiety i would still be thinking about that night like now it would be and i'm i'm not bullshitting like your revenge that is good revenge because you it would like you said this is a phase that led to another phase it's like a chapter in your life ending it is also yeah. an anxiety chapter for him. And <laughs> like, I'm, it's so, I mean, as he saw the Instagram notifications, 
<laughs> he probably just started sweating. It's so it's I mean, you know, and then, you know, he gets fired and stuff. But like, I don't know how you think you're going to get you can't lock down your social media. You just can't do it unless you want unless you don't want followers. You know what I mean? Like if you don't care why but, you on there. Uh, that's exactly it. That's why you can't ever just lock the whole thing down. My wife used to get so mad at me because she would call off sick and then I would take like these epic pictures from our day off where like we did super fun shit and tag her in him. She's like, everybody I work with can see that. I called in and said I was sick today. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Absolutely. cancer, yeah, cancer is like you got to go off the grid. Like you're just going to have to not exist online to get somebody to believe that. And having your wedding that it's so crazy also. And I got to say, it's so crazy to think of like a guy at work. Yeah. Who has friends. Arrogant as fuck. Who has his wedding and nobody knows about it. You know what I mean? Like that even to me is like, look, I've worked, I've worked in uh, several workplaces and everybody knows everything that's going on. And it's like to think you can even just get away with being like, uh, this is my, you know, I'm going to have my wedding. I'm just going to tell people that I'm going out and having a uh, uh, doing chemo instead. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing chemo instead. It's like I would just think like, you know, the person that sits in the office next to yours or the person that comes in your office every day and talks to you, if you're getting married, even if you never mention it, they know you're getting married. It's just a thing where, like, you know, you have to imagine they're going to. Well, catch we actually you. didn't. We actually didn't know that he was getting married because um, we knew that he had like a partner, but he like all of these work events and stuff. He never talked like brought in like people would bring in their partners and stuff, but he yeah. never did. And <sighs> at one point, uh, at one point, he actually said that he already got married. <laughs> Like Jeez. he uh, had a picture because my one of my work friends was like putting together this slideshow of like people's birthdays and stuff and was asking about events. And he even gave him a picture of him and his partner but, and said that they got married at the courthouse so they could celebrate it <laughs> so that we could celebrate it. Oh my and God. so like we thought he was already married. Yeah, I would say, Brian, I think that what you're I, I disagree with what you're saying in that like. I think that for most people, they are, everyone knows what's going on. I think if you, you hit the eye height of arrogance, though, when you think I can conduct a wedding and not get tagged in a picture at my own wedding that my coworkers won't see. Yeah. Especially when you talk about it being a billion dollar company, it's like, there's a lot of, you don't know what everybody's social network is. You know what I mean? Just in that, like, yeah. we, if you live in yes. the same city. Oh yes. All the time. <laughs> You know what I Facebook mean? Facebook proved to us. It's like, how do you know that person? I worked with them seven years ago and they're like, oh, that's my best friend. We play D&D all the time. It's like, how do you know Justin like that? You know? Exactly. And that's the thing is like, you can, you're, you know how connected you are to the people in your city. And like, uh, uh, you don't, you you think you can get away with it. Yeah. It, I, I talked about this. You think before. no one's going to notice you can just brush it under the rug and you're that arrogant. Well, I was looking at the horny police website and before while earlier when we were on break and we were talking about it and it's like how do you think you can get away with that and the fact is you think you can get away with that because you think you're throwing a pebble into an ocean yeah and that's what that guy also thought i'm throwing a pebble into an ocean people 
there are a lot of people like me who think they're the center of the universe and that's what drives their anxiety. Yeah. Right. But there are a lot of people who don't grasp. They think that they're a little <laughs> pebble in a, on a big beach. Right. And they think nobody's paying attention. Nobody's looking. I, you know, I can just get away with anything I want to get away with. But like we said, you can exploit that for like stealing from the store and you can exploit that for mm -hmm. certain things, but there's lines you can't get away with. It's just the two separate types of kind of anxiousness or, yeah. or like view of your place in the world. Like, you know, again, like my place in the world is like that. I say a sentence to Brett yesterday. We're just talking and I ruined his day and it's all he thought about for the rest of the day. And now our friendships ruined and we hate each other. But you me, know what I mean? I operate my life looking like an IPA dad, knowing that no one will ever remember me so I can get away with all the fucking bad shit that I want to. Yeah. And you work your ass off to like, for me, at least I work my ass off to like not convince myself that I'm the center of the universe. Like I spend all my time thinking about it, but I just can't figure out how to rewire my brain to understand that I'm like your boss. I'm, I'm like a pebble on a beach. And that's what he thought. He just thought nobody pays attention to me at work. Uh, uh, they're not going to care. I, you know, I can say anything I want to these people and they won't give it a second thought because they don't care. And like, uh, uh, that's what got him caught is he just thinks there are a lot of people who thinks you can tell a big lie, a really big lie and people just won't follow up on it. But it's like, you know, you threw all this work on me. Yeah. I'm going to follow up to this, you know? Well, it also, it made me, because like we got along when he was there and I didn't know all this, I, we got along really well. Like I really, he was Ooh. such a nice guy. Like really helpful uh like i had met pretty until he stopped until I, the work got put on me it, one of, i would have easily said that he was the best boss that i've had wow <laughs> so it kind of like flipped my perception like it made me not trust my gut instinct that somebody was yep. um trustworthy i guess yep. so for like the past year it's been really hard to like like especially in the beginning i would think that everyone was against me and i would have to like just be really open and accuse people of doing things that they weren't doing. Like, Oh, did you do this just to like attack me? And they yeah. would just be like, what? No, like <laughs> it has taken a really long time to like, it just, it really, when you can't trust your inner voice, like you then go from like this burnout feeling to like almost like a mild psychosis, I would yeah. say. <laughs> and it's, yeah I, yeah, I I think that I used to think I'd get really just like so tired, and I thought that was burnout. But like, no, <laughs> like, you know. But you it, know what? Yeah, you're you're doing the right thing though. And really, there's no reason to meet anybody and and think that they have ulterior motives or that they're going to to um let you down or disappoint you. Because there's no evidence that that strangers are going to do that to you if you let them into your life. But, you know, once they give you the evidence, you made the right decision. But before that, you 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 didn't you weren't stupid or, or you, you were right to get along with somebody that was agreeable and make you feel good. That's that's not your fault at all. That that but now with new evidence, you 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 don't fuck with people like that. But 
everybody everybody deserves yeah. everybody deserves a fair shake because they're up front you know everybody deserves your honest like everybody deserves and you know until they prove you wrong you should allow them in because you know there's there's no other way to do it i don't think there's any healthy way to be skeptical and and i'm i'm saying this yeah. i'm saying i'm not saying this because i have this worked out i'm saying this because this is my problem too where I'm very judgy and I think that people are, are always bad or going to let me down. And, but I do know that like my best self is the one that just accepts people who they are with, without any sort of skeptical nature to it. And uh, until they yeah, prove me otherwise, you know, yeah. and, and most people won't, I mean, I mean, starting the show 10 years ago, I don't know where we're at right now. I don't even know who I am right now, but starting the year 10, starting the show 10 years ago, the idea was just that people are mostly good. I mean, there's cancer fakers out there, but like everybody else, like everybody else at your job stood up to help somebody out that was suffering deeply. You know, they, they, you were yeah. operating under the circumstances that someone was going through a very traumatic experience, something that we, we, you know, keeps us up at night and something that we, we don't want to, to go through and deeply care about. So you, you acted in complete compassion and, and did the right thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I know that a lot more now, but yeah. <laughs> I, I like, I saw, I forget where I saw somebody say this, but it was like, it's really fucked up that we like, uh, like we should stop, you know, setting goals of where we want our life to be and instead set values that we want to live. So like, it's that, that event and like, going to therapy and stuff like that, you know, it kind of made me stop caring about like, oh, you know, am I going to get a higher title or higher salary in like five years time or whatever? And just like, <laughs> am I like, uh, yeah, some, because I, I do prefer the version of myself that has the instinct to just like trust somebody immediately. Yeah. So like trying to care more about like, yeah, what are my values? Not like, what do I want to be doing? And X number of years. Yeah, that was that was a big part of me for therapy. One of the things that really rocked me to my core was my therapist was like, let's figure out your three foundational values. Let's figure out your foundational things. Let's figure out the things that you need to happen in your life to make you feel all right. And uh, those aren't always motivated by money or outcomes or anything. It's just that like, as long as I, I, I feel, as long as I'm creative, as long as I'm social, you know, as long as I'm productive, wh whatever my foundational things are, um, I, I don't need to, the outcome of that, you know, I'm okay with because I did what I felt was good to me on the inside. Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. But thanks Perfect. for calling in. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a great story. Yeah. Thanks for yeah letting me ramble. <laughs> no, it was great. You have no, anything have to, to share? No, that's it. <laughs> Lovely. Well, have a good night. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you too. Peace out. Last call. Let's Thanks for taking it. Street fight. What are your pronouns tonight? Hi, it's Zesh and uh, they them. What's up? How's it going tonight? You say Zesh. Hi. Jess, like J E S. Jess, sorry, I overdid it. <laughs> no. it. It's all good. Um, I'm from Denver. We met after the couple shows y'all did in Denver, and I shared with you that uh, <clears throat> I signed up for the Street Fight dating service, where <laughs> my partner um 
put me on to street fight when we were first talking and I was like, Oh, this guy isn't too much of an asshole. Like he's got some pretty good, uh, pretty good politics and stuff like that. Um, and then, uh, we're even still together to this day. That's great. Nice. So thanks, nice. That's great. Um, well, I was just calling. I'll be quick because I have fucking school in the morning. Oh, no. <laughs> Me too. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a teacher, but hearing from the comrade from Seattle just brought me back to the shittiest part of teaching, which is working with a lot of white women who think that they're allies, but they're really not. Um, yeah, <clears throat> that's my. Yeah, it's 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 rough. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not... a lot of like. Go ahead. It's just a lot of white liberal women who like think that they're allies and have done enough reading to co-opt the language and have like watched or like read enough of like, um, I forget that white lady, the Robin D'Angelo or whatever her name was that wrote to how to be an anti-racist. And like, they, they do all of the reading and they say all of the right things, but then turn around and like, white woman every situation possible. <laughs> yeah, you're actually seeing that today. Uh, uh, with Andrew Cuomo, right? It's like the news came out about him, a second accuser, and a lot of white ladies saying like, hey, you know, we got to hear everybody, you know, <laughs> we yeah. got to hear these, hear All him out. All of a sudden, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Also for me, um, my daughter goes to what's called a lottery school in Columbus, um, where there's these alternative elementary schools where the, ours is intensely focused on, focused on arts. Um, there is an Afrocentric school. There's also a Mandarin Chinese school. There's a French school. There's a Spanish school um, where they basically get them fluent by those grades. Um, but my school, the, my daughter's school does really have like, you know, they have a, a pretty good atmosphere that, I, that I'm happy with. But all Black History Month, there has been a lot of just really things that I, that I find objectionable. You know, when it comes to uh, the the way that they're putting it out there and, and the way that it's just like, you know, that's how the things were. And now they're not like that anymore. Isn't it great that we're all in school together right now? And it's like, it's, it's not enough. I, um, I had a student come to my class upset, like highest level upset. And um, they were like, Kyle. We, we, oh shit, I just gave my name my bad. Um, <laughs> we can cut <laughs> They it. don't call me Miss because I'm, I'm non-binary, but whatever. Anyway, so they were like, hey, like, we, I just came from class and I'm so upset because I was trying to explain in, in my class that like this one kid kept saying all lives matter and blah, 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 blah. Like they were, they were giving this whole story and I was like, what was your last class? And they were like, well, it was science class. And I was like, well, like, help me understand how this came yeah. up. And I kid you not. The science teacher posted a picture of black people and like no. literally just gave that question of like, what no. do you guys think about this? And I was like, no. how is this black history in any way, shape or form? Like it was the most awkward, confusing, like I was like, what were you even thinking with that? And like, of course your whole lesson turned into like, kids battling chaos. it out with each other if you didn't even get me direct. It was chaos. Yeah. It was chaos. I mean, I, I remember being in elementary school and my political opinions are whatever my parents said. There's, there's no reason to have the kids fight at school, to have middle school kids or any kids fighting at school about this stuff. It's, um, 
that I don't think you're doing you're not you're not doing the conversation any sort of justice if you're if that's the best you can do. No, it has to have like a point at the end, right? Or like right. you have to have some type of structure. Yep. Or else it's just chaos and people are upset. And and kids haven't I mean, even adults fucking suck at this, but like kids haven't gotten the opportunities to like practice talking this stuff out. So like if you just let them wing it, like it's a free for all. Um, so yeah, Black History Month has been interesting. And like my my staff will put out this stuff like every single week. They're like, oh, read this um, critical race theory um, article and we'll like have all staff meetings where we're talking about um, you know, like dismantling systems and this and that. And they get so upset when they end up in a breakout room with me. Cause I'm like, yeah, we just need full scale communism. I don't really know what to tell you guys. And they get super uncomfortable. <laughs> like, yeah, the- it's just, it's, uh, well, someone like- in the chat just said it's, it's exhausting to be around them. And it truly, it truly is. <laughs> well, and I think, and um, not to say that I know the struggle or anything, but it, it is kind of in a way like we were talking about earlier with Bobby and that you're letting people down that like, this isn't the right, they, they aren't doing the right thing all the time, but it's not to say they can't join up with the people that are, that right. are, that, that are going after houseless, you know, uh, education mm-hmm. or, or going to alleviate these things. Um, you know, w- we have a very woke part of our, of, of our school community that is just talking about like how black and brown kids are suffering, but this is the, because of coronavirus, but this is the only time they talk to me about it. Like, I, I don't hear them trying yep. to get some sort of, there's, they're not trying to get reparations. They're not trying to get any sort of equality. They're not trying to change anything, but now it's like, it, it's something they can talk about. And, I also am in like, they, they just, it's a matter of if I am wrong, it doesn't bother me. It like, I can get over that. I think that like the American problem is so much of like, you feel that there is an objectionable way to get the right information and know things, the best way to do things. And, and liberals have, have completely bought into that meritocracy atmosphere that like I'm doing the, I'm doing diversity right way. I'm messaging in the right way. I think the right way I read the right, I, I listen to the right audiobooks, whatever it may be. And for me, when, when someone, when I listen to radical, you know, theory and, and the outside perspectives, it doesn't turn me off to be like, Oh, that was kind of fucked up the way I used to think. I guess I see the way the school is run is not within the values of what we're preaching to these kids, you know? Exactly. Well, and it's, it's really easy to do the reading or to say the things or to like, there, there are moves that are very easy to make yeah. that make it look like you're being anti-racist. But then when we have these tough conversations and I'm also a special education teacher and we talk about disability on top of all of that, or the systems that like, um, you know, a majority of the black students in my school are also identified with special education. Like when we have those kind of conversations, then as soon as it makes people uncomfortable or like that step is a little bit too hard for them to put in place, like they drown you out. And it's, and it's the same thing when we're, we're having these conversations as teachers, like, Oh, well, you know, just like you said, um, you know, the, the, the communities that are being hit the hardest are ours and um, black and brown communities. Like we need to, we need to give them the, the supports and all of that. But like, 
no, what we need is like resources for everybody. Like what, like we're putting band-aids on a lot of stuff and like the liberalism just isn't cutting it anymore. It's, it's exhausting. Nope. Yeah. It was a punch in the, it was a punch in the gut for me with the Joe Biden presidency and like seeing some of the people, you know, in my parent circles or, you know, around me that are, that, you know, want things to be this way, you know, you know, I don't want Trump to be the president for sure. But um, I also want to make sure that we continue, we continue the move towards the radical type conversations we were having over the summer. Mm -hmm. Cause like when Trump was in office, like people were ready, were just down for the cause. People were so ready to flip this motherfucker over and, and they just get mm-hmm. so easily convinced that now we're doing enough. And I, I, I don't see it myself. And I don't, I'm not saying that to, to be above anybody. I just want their, I wake up frustrated every single day about this situation, yep. you know? Um, you know, I, yep. my, I put my, like my daughter's in public schools because I felt like she had to know. And, and I wanted to be a part of like the city and, and the real world because that was a huge eye opener mm-hmm. for me. And that was very, it was more informative than any sort of reading or education was to, you know, to see the lived experience of people around me. And, and, and I don't, I don't know how we make our way out of this, but from what I've seen so far, I think Joe Biden definitely has a lot of detractors and a lot of fucking people that are saying shit, but you know, I'm also very, I'm also very downtrodden by the folks that are ready to believe that this is enough, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I guess I would say as like some type of token of like, it might get better. Like these kids are really fucking smart. Like wait, I swear they are smarter than we ever were when we were in middle school. Like they are very aware of the bullshit. And it also reminds me of um, some uh, poll that's come out recently that says like Gen Z identifies like 16% LGBTQIA plus. Like I, um, I run the GSA at my school and we have some like sixth graders who are like talking about being omnisexual. And I'm yeah. like, yo, like if I would have had that kind of like perspective of gender, of sexuality, of like who I was in the world and like of what's right and wrong. I get to have these conversations with these kids and like, they fucking get it more than more than we ever did for sure. Oh yeah. And me, me, me and Brian talked about it. Like even when we started the show, a big part of doing the show 10 years ago, when we got on Twitter was like, you can't make trans jokes and racist jokes. You can't make these kind of jokes and be popular. You know, not that that's the reason to ascribe to, but it's like, Hurting people is not a good idea. Why? I don't want to hurt people. I want to laugh and have fun. If I knew that, like me having a good time was going to hurt somebody else, like I'm not into that. You know, like that. That was the that was the 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 guiding light of what we wanted to do was to to be involved and include everybody and understand where they're coming from and not be defensive or uh so uh, so attached to this very outdated idea. I I never believed in what they were telling me at school anyways. And and now, you know, with TikTok, with uh, social media, the access to information, there's so many young people that are able to get outside of the bullshit in a way that I I was not available to me in my life, you know? 
Absolutely. So, yep, that's, that'll be the the positive on all this. Like, all the fucking adults suck, but the kids are pretty cool. Kids yeah. are all right. Kids yeah. are all right. I mean, some of them will be gross, all right people or whatever, but I, I agree. Like, I, I'm around a couple of eight-year-olds right now and, and a five-year-old, and and they know more than I do about how stupid the world is. <laughs> like, <laughs> they just inherently know that people shouldn't shouldn't suffer or be persecuted or oppressed. And you know, I I think well, I I hope we can carry that into the future. But we've got an uphill battle. Thanks for calling in. Yep. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Peace out. All Bye. right. That was the ABCD call in show. Hope you enjoyed it. We're Street Fight Radio. If you want to hear our premium content where we fuck around and do... Curse. We curse more. We curse more. Yeah, we say banned words over on Patreon.com slash Street Fight Radio. $5 a month gets you access to the premium feed where you hear our bonus content like 100 Million Tons of Steel, the heavy metal show we did, Holy Boys, the show that Brian and Tom did together. Um... Shocktober with Chris James from Not Even a Show. Uh, Shocktober Volume 1 with Felix from Chapo Trap House. That's all available for $5 a month. Just hit that subscription link at patreon.com slash Radio. Get access to that immediately. If you don't have the means to get a monthly subscription going, uh, head to store.streetfightradio.com where you can now download 100 million tons of steel for $5. You can get access to Holy Boys, Teen Fight Radio, Shocktober for $5 out the door without the monthly rate attached to it. Uh, we appreciate all y'all that have kept this thing going. It's only because of you that we continue to do this. And we will see you on Wednesday night for a basement street fight. Peace.